When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. There is no middle ground. If you want justice, you've come to the wrong place. Two, two, I wish I had enough poison for the whole pack of you. I would gladly give my life to watch you all swallow it. One word and I hit you again. I'm telling mother. I am the king. Any man who must say I am the king is no true king. Fortune named your sword. Lots of people name their swords. Lots of cunts. The Lord of Light wants his enemies burnt. The drowned god wants them drowned. Why are all the gods such vicious cunts? Where is the god of tits and wine? In the Summer Isles, they worship a fertility goddess with 16 teats. You should sail there immediately. If you think this has a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention. Hodor. For the night is dark and full of terrors. Cut off his manhood and feed it to the goats. <laughs> a dark rocky wedding without at least three deaths is considered a dull affair. Fuck the king's god. Fuck the city. Fuck the king. Not have my honor questioned by an imp. Death is so boring, especially now with so much excitement in the world. You don't seem to understand the situation. I understand that if any more words come pouring out your cunt mouth, you're gonna have to eat every fucking chicken in this room. Well, it's time I'm going to light the biggest fire the North has ever seen. You know nothing, Jon Snow. You know nothing, Scott McGregor. I know nothing, right? <laughs> Spring I'll, is I'll coming. I'll be Scott Snow. <laughs> Spring, yeah, maybe. Scott, Scott Snow, you're a bastard. <laughs> I'm adopted. That's close enough. <laughs> I'm adopted, too. So, yes, I am a bastard. So the bastard All right, so you'll be Ramsey Snow. Snow. Yeah, you'll be Ramsey. I'll be Jon Snow. Oh, so I'm Snow. the fucked up one, huh? <laughs> yeah, the fucked up torturer that, <laughs> that took Theon's prized possession, yeah. <laughs> And then waved a sausage around in front of him. That was beautiful. I like the I like the callback in the fourth season when they were talking about that, and it immediately went to somebody eating a sausage. Yeah, oh, was like, that was nasty. I was dying. I think that shit's hilarious. <laughs> All right, I suppose we could start, sort of. Uh, well, I, I thought just, we did already. Well, you know, who knows? Not officially. Hodor! Hodor, 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 Hodor. Well, in case you couldn't tell. I am Hodor! I am Hodor, hear me Hodor. Game of Hodors? Game of whores? Oh, jeez. Next thing you know, you guys are going to be making dancing Hodor dolls. Dancing Hodor. No. No, remote no. control Hodor. You like, you know, get a little brand is the remote and you just <laughs> <laughs> That's exploiting the uh, the handicapped. I don't think that no. Hey, wouldn't you like an eight foot giant guy, you know, that you could tool around in as a warg? No. No. <laughs> no. I would smite my enemies. <laughs> I would smite all my enemies. 
Final like, scene of the show is just going to be Hodor punching out dragons. I'm calling it now. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Are we going to read like the? I got the I got the wiki up. It's got some of the stuff uh, like a quick blurb on each episode. I just watched the whole fourth, fourth season again, so I should be pretty fresh in my head. If anything's fresh in my head. There's probably a few brain cells screaming for mercy. Yeah. No, that's that's uh, Chris's department. <laughs> hey. Hey. Oh, no, my, my co-host. I used to be a drinker. I submit I've probably killed a lot more brain cells than Mr. Honeywell in his time. <laughs> uh, I've probably killed more potential children than all of you, though. <laughs> Is that from masturbating? I think I'm the king of that. Oh, wait, I would you admit this? that it's uh, on. Come on, let's oh, come on. If you if you're not a, you, oh, no, I've never masturbated. Yeah, you're a liar. <laughs> oh, I I make no such claims. I make no such claims. I have never done that before. Shut up. Three times a day. <laughs> Whoa. I had a long dry spell. I bet your socks stand up Listen, on their own. There's people who <laughs> masturbate, and then there's people who claim they don't masturbate who lie, and then there's people who just love to talk about how they masturbate. Right. You know, and, ding, 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 ding. Apparently, our group is the third. <laughs> <laughs> so, hi, so welcome this is to Game of Thrones. We're discussing here. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Well, considering the subject matter, I guess it's not wholly inappropriate. I, I might have tossed off a couple to, to, to Danny and her dragons. I admit. <laughs> I, okay, on that note, <laughs> I'm gonna. I, full disclosure: I have not masturbated once to Game of Thrones. I'm no. sorry. Uh, neither have I. I'm usually around other people. So, well, Huffington Post put out <laughs> Huffington Post put out a nice montage of like every nude scene in Game of Thrones a while back. So there you go, all in one place for you. You 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 really like that sausage scene, didn't you? <laughs> it's gonna be what was that movie with um in the in the in the early 80s it was natalie wood's last movie oh brainstorm. Brainstorm. yeah brainstorm. brainstorm it's gonna be like brainstorm where they're gonna find one of you guys just like <laughs> dead in front of a tv playing a, a computer playing a loop of the game of thrones <laughs> n- naked scene oh, Brains. <laughs> Alright, are we actually starting this thing? We're going to introduce ourselves? Or... I suppose we should, yeah. <laughs> Hi, welcome to... not introduce the show. Oh, wait. We should. Wait, that's, that's completely wrong meme. That's Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I know. But still, it's, uh, it's Sean Bean. But anyway. Hi, welcome to Two True Freaks, the podcast of Five Kings. And uh, I am Scott 2.0, Scott McGregor. And my cohorts tonight are the other four kings, or jesters, depending on how you want to look at it. That's all we are. We've got Sarah, hair metal hero. Hey, boobies. <laughs> We've got Sarah Paul Spataro. Hey, how you doing? Sarah Chris Honeywell. Sure, that was my Scott, Scott Gardner, but... <laughs> hey, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? And Sarah, Dr. Meister Bill Robinson, I guess he would be. Meister Bill Hold Robinson. And, uh, <laughs> All right, well, with, uh, was it season, what season's getting ready to start? Five. Season, season five, five getting ready to start up. We were going to do this towards the end of season four, but somebody had to hurry up and watch it. Hero. Hey. <laughs> hey. 
I watched it in like, two sittings. Wow, man. Were you with your woman? Did yeah. you relax? Yes, I was relaxed. Ooh. Nice. Oh, she watched the whole thing for me, though, so I was like, oh, you couldn't have waited. Yeah, that, that whole uh, rape in front of the dead son thing must have been quite a mood killer. Uh, uh, well, we don't know exactly what goes on. <laughs> I'll never tell. <laughs> anyway. Well, there was, a lot more than just, there was a lot more than just that this season. So that's, That that's would true. be great, though, if you're sitting with your girlfriend and that scene came on and you just reached over and just, like, touched her hand and gave her that gave her a look of, like, yeah, hey, baby. Yeah. I I can watch a lot of stuff. That was uncomfortable. That's going to go one way or the other, definitely. And, and if it goes one way, you may not want to be with that person any longer. Yeah, that's know. true. Yeah, I know. That floor must have really hurt their knees. <laughs> I just was more concerned about what his metal hand was going to do. <laughs> well, there was a serious latex and, and rubber you know, shortage in the Five Kingdoms. Or seven the kingdoms. only thing that would have been greater <laughs> about that scene is if they just shoved his body off. <laughs> yeah. Slag and then hopped up there. Yeah. That was funny. Or oh, I just did it on the corpse. Pulled, pulled it old oh. postman always rings twice and just like clear the table. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. We haven't even All right, killed so Joffrey past yet. The what, what else happened? Uh, to Joffrey uh, took the uh, final sip of doom at his wedding. <laughs> yeah. Loved was... it. I was killed by killed by Emma Peel. I, I know. Yep. Oh God. Still, we have... Even as an elderly woman. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's like the best thing about last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was pretty. I don't good. know. Marguerite's pretty. Uh, or Marjorie, whatever her name is. Oh, I just might. I mean, they gave her the best what? lines, and just her whole character is so awesome. But I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're jumping like, all the way to That's something new. Uh, <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess we're going to chat about Season 4 a little bit. Just chat about Game of Thrones in general and uh, speculation about what's coming up. we got a couple book readers with us tonight. Uh, Mr. Spataro and Mr. Robinson are uh, the literary type. The rest of us are just sucking off the tit of uh, HBO and it enjoying like it thoroughly. Looks like we got a couple book readers. Yeah, here. a couple smarty pants in the, I like in the audience. <laughs> I like boobies. That's him. Yeah. <laughs> right. I like to read about boobies. <laughs> yeah. I feel there's like some pretty there's some pretty descriptive stuff in those books. It's not it's it's yeah. It's look pretty at, much the same way that Look at George R. R. Martin. He's gonna write some descriptive <laughs> stuff. Yeah. He's just looking down at his own. Yeah. Going, Ooh. He's basically, you know, a D and D nerd that got a book deal and uh <laughs> And hey, we're all jealous. Yes, we are. I, I got to admit, you know, my my nerd creds are at uh, my fantasy nerd creds anyway are at risk because I have to admit I never even had fucking heard about Song of Ice and Fire before I started reading about Game of Thrones. Um, and I do plan to read it someday if he ever finishes it. And uh, yeah. It's a- I know that he's been writing for years and year for decades actually. Just because I've always seen his name, and it always stood out for me because of the Beatles. And I'd right. always see George Martin, yeah. but it would be George R. R. Martin, but it would always, I would, it would always catch my eye. So he, and I, and you remember, Scott, our friend Chuck had a bunch of George R. R. Martin books on his 
huge shelf full of fantasy yeah. books. So this he's been doing stuff for years, but it's been in the like pulp. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the name was familiar to me, but and I don't know, maybe it is the same reason in the Beatles reference, but um, well, he did he did a lot of stuff back in the '90s. Well, in some on of these TV and stuff and, too. But he also had a series of books called Wild Cards, which were like a like a people that had powers type books. Okay, uh, that those, sounds familiar too. Yeah. Well, I think he wrote some, and it was also like an an anthology series that he edited. Um, it was in it was in the wild cards universe or something, um, and but at, I didn't get any of his books because at the time when I was in the service, I was reading Robert Jordan's the wheel of um, the wheel of time series, which is uh, I don't God. Back then it was up to like book seven, and now it's uh, it was up to book twelve or thirteen, and then Robert Jordan died, and somebody else had to take over. And I I'm still six or seven books behind in that series. So, but but so I I wasn't really familiar with uh, uh, Mr. Martin, and I actually watched the HBO series first last year. I burned through all of it because I had uh, free HBO. Um, my cable company, I guess they were trying to get me hooked on HBO, and said, "Here, nice. have a little." <laughs> so I power watched um, the first three seasons while season four was going on, and then got all cut up, and and then about six months ago I got all the books and I started, I've been trying to read those and I'm up to the fourth book which is where I'm at now and I think that's where Paul's at too reading wise yeah I had started the fourth book but I haven't gotten too far into it and I had started it a while ago so uh, I think the, the show is actually going to pass me up before I get to read it Yeah. but you know it, it's really when you're reading the books it's not that bad of a thing because I saw the first season before I read the first book and it actually just helped me to understand what I was reading. Right. I think if I had tried to yeah. read that without seeing it, without having uh, images in my mind as to who these people were, I would have been really confused and I yeah. probably would have put it down because I'm kind of simple-minded that way. That happened. The same thing happened to me when David Lynch's Dune came out. Is Actually, reading the comic adaptation of it and seeing the movie, when I read the book, it gave me the basic skeletal structure of it and it made it that would have been a book I would have probably had to have like reread the beginning of it like five times to yeah. start figuring out what was going on. I, that's the only part yeah. of doing I've read and I've read it multiple right, times. Right, right, right. Because then I just like, you know what? I don't have the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, we would, Bill and I were, were talking last night with some guys and, and I was saying that uh, it's really kind of a, a book where if you were reading it cold, if you haven't seen the, the show, it's it's the kind of book you read with a notebook next to you so you could start taking notes as to who, who's who and what family they're in and all of that because it just cuts from scene to scene to scene, much like the TV show does. Yeah. Uh, and it's real easy to just kind of lose track of what the heck is going on. That's why uh, I look forward to... Dealing with. I think that's why I stopped reading fantasy novels after a while is because it was just like, you know, I did The Lord of the Rings, I read like maybe the first three Shannara books and a bunch of Piers Anthony and decided that these writers are just too goddamn prolific for me and I'll never be able to catch up with all of them so oh I um, started reading Piers Anthony because of our friend Chuck was, yeah, was like and, yeah. and John Sparacino would be like oh yeah you gotta read you know the incarnations of immortality yes. yeah. and uh yeah, which was fantastic yeah but the thing is is they were so fantastic and addictive that uh, you, you know I would start you know I could have spent a reading career just doing Piers Anthony books, you know, yeah. at that point. 
to try to keep up with all the stuff that they write. But, but um, I, I can tell these are... I have the first book and I'm not reading it because then I'd have to hunt down the other books and I know I'll blow through it because I picked up like the third or fourth book in a pharmacy like in paperback when I was waiting for somebody and just started reading one day and got sucked right in like <laughs> just sucked right into it it was a scene with Tyrion was standing on top of a table dressing down a bunch of people and I was reading it going oh I see what it is with these books they're like they're just pure fun to read yeah which is fa- usually fantasy is either like like Tolkien, Lord of the Rings style, or like the Hobbit style, where it's like kind of light and fluffy and adventurous and cliffhangery. And this, and I think Game of Thrones sort of um, covers both of those, you know? Yeah. If Tolkien is high fantasy, <laughs> then right. Martin is low fantasy. Well, he's, I mean, it's complicated well, it's more, what's going on. But it's fantasy, I, I would say. Um, well, it's pulp, I'm not saying though. the other one's not, not, yeah, okay, yes. I would go with that, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm, it, it was funny, I'm watching uh, Better Call Saul, the spinoff of um, uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, I'm and, loving that show, by the way. Oh, yeah. my God. It's, well, it's like... It's like great literature, you know. It's just so well written and well made. And then I would watch like The Walking Dead and and coming up Game of Thrones, both shows which I really like. But they're 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 on that level of almost like somewhere between a regular TV show and high art and pulp exploitation. Yeah. So it's pure. It's basically soap operas for for. You know, adult soap operas with testosterone. Yeah, testosterone. yeah. So the, these are our stories. Got to sit down and watch and our stories. I say the same thing. My stories are on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I, so I, I'm in agreement with Paul, though. I'm, I probably will go back and read these someday. But it's like Dune. I read Dune after the the movie too, because what I was like fucking 14, I probably didn't even know about Dune. Um, but it will help to like read these with actors faces in minds and you almost you know i almost hate to do that while reading because you should let your own imagination take care of things but it's like it's just so dense and so many characters that it 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 is going to help and when i first watched it out yeah and luckily when i first decided to watch it i was able well blockbuster still existed i was able to rent the dvds of the first two seasons um and they had all the great extras on it which you know went through and did like a whole history of Westeros and, and there was some really great extra stuff on those that really fleshed it out. So, um, and, uh, from some things I've read, I mean, apparently Martin took a lot of, I mean, it's very historically accurate in a way and that he based it on a lot of like the war of the roses, uh, stuff and, you know, from history, and you can kind of see that coming through just the detail and, Man, just the show, the money they must spend on that, the costumes and the sets. And, I mean, I know there's so much you can do with a computer these days, but it's really... Plus, they film on location around the world. Oh, yeah. They were, like, for season four, they were in, like, four different places. Um, Yeah, I've been to Croatia, and they they don't have to do a lot (laughs) for for a lot of those shots. Right. (laughs) Well, I Um, think the King's Landing is down in... I think it's in Madrid, and then they're in... um, I think they're in Scotland... Uh, they even did Iceland for like the stuff beyond the wall and everything. It's like mm. wow. <laughs> the crazy thing is, is 
it, it starts out being just a regular, you know, sort of sword sword play sort of thing based in reality. And as it's been going along, it's been getting more and more super supernatural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like now, as the seasons go on, they're adding more, spe- you know, crazy special effects. Well, now they got dragons. Yeah. So there's CG <laughs> yeah. right there, you know, and so their budget must be going up and up all the time, which is the opposite of what TV shows usually do. And particularly HBO. HBO is kind of notorious for letting their fourth and fifth seasons kind Slide of lag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you, if you're going to follow, commit to this show, it seems to be getting more and more, cra- you know, I mean... I'm only assuming that further down the line, there's going to be huge clashes of armies involving dragons yeah. and 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 zombies and stuff like that. So yeah, well, you don't call the thing ice and fire, if, you know, and not right. have those two elements meet. Right, right. So uh, yeah, the budget has only got to go up and up. So I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts out there, gentlemen? Um. Uh, I am. I am also looking forward to it. I haven't read a page of it. I am content to let this franchise just exist as TV until the books are done. Because uh, I don't know what's coming. My, one of my buddies is all caught up with the books, and anytime we'd sit down and watch it, he'd just have like this big grin on his face when he knew something was going to happen. It is just maddening to watch him like laughing and like <laughs> watching the Red Wedding with us. Watching him go, you poor fools. He's yeah. sitting there. That one, he was just like this total stone-faced grin. And we're just like, <gasps> what? <gasps> but, I mean, after Sean Bean gets gets his uh, you know his head taken off at the at the end of the first season, it's like, well, I guess we know what kind of show this is. Yeah, pretty much no, all bets are off at that took point. Me totally by surprise when that happened. I never expected. I'm thinking, this is his show. He's the star. There's no way. And when it happened, they didn't actually show it. It right. was off screen. You just heard the the axe come down. Something mm-hmm. in yeah, next episode is going to turn out they didn't do it at all. You know, it's just the sound effect or whatever. Nope, they did it. Well, I guess yeah, Sean Bean being in the part should have been from a pike. Yeah, he stuck his head on a pike. I guess Sean Bean being in that role might have should have given us a clue that he wasn't going to make it. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, an expensive yeah, actor. Yeah. yeah. Well, he made it all. all... All season, well, almost all season. Well, his, his head was in, you know, the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> but then, then you know, getting ahead in the books, I enjoyed. Oh, hey, what's that? Getting ahead well, in the books. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. well, I'm Sorry, <laughs> that was uh, what's his name, uh, Renly. Uh, unfortunately. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, getting ahead of the story in the books and then watching it with my son, like knowing uh, what was going to come up with the Red Wedding and stuff. And just like there's a certain glee to knowing it's coming and then sitting and watching it with somebody who doesn't know it's coming. I can bet. Because <laughs> I've been on the opposite side of that. I think yeah, I was... was. Go ahead, Bill. There was a little difference that I caught reading it just recently um, that at the Red Wedding. Rob's wife was not there, but in the TV show, she is offed yeah. well, in, in the, in with, the with his book, child. Rob's wife is also not pregnant. I thought she was pregnant in I, the book. I think you're mistaken. Mm, okay. Fight. Or, or even the uh, the battle <laughs> with the mountain and the... Uh, what's the viper. The viper. You know, that that's another one where I knew it was coming. Yeah. Just... I... 
you know those 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 really I didn't know that was coming. That I didn't like, know it was oh coming either. God. I'm like, they got him down. He's going to win. He's going to... Oh, shit. Yeah, I had no clue on that one. I think I knew a little bit about the Red Wedding. I think I knew some significant people died, but I didn't know exactly who or how. And it was just like, whoa. Talk about a show with, like, social media impact, though. I mean, that that whole episode spawned just, like, a million YouTube reaction videos that, you know, book readers took of people watching it that hadn't read and read the books and it was just it was fucking awesome yeah those videos are pretty funny yeah. <laughs> well do you think for anybody who has because we we keep jumping all, all around do you think for anybody who hasn't uh seen get get or read the series should we give them somewhat of an overview screw them all Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who, who wants to be the storyteller here i mean i've got the uh, synopsis for uh season four here but well, I think it's safe to assume that most people are here, have are not hopping in on planning on hopping in in season five. So yeah. I don't think we need two. Well, here's like one. Uh, here's this is only like three tiny par- uh, paragraphs if I could get through it for season one. Uh, okay, here we go. I mean, yeah, putting season one. I'm really actually kind of. Wondering how they're going to put season one into three paragraphs. This should be pretty good. <laughs> okay, because uh, this first sentence just just ta- talks about. Okay, uh, the cable television series series closely follows multiple storylines of a song of fire and ice novel series, whose author George R. R. Martin said the show's script pilot was very faithful to his work. And I have to agree. After reading the book and watching the first season, I've seen the first season twice. I only noticed one small difference. And that was in one scene that I'll discuss after I read the synopsis. Mm -hmm. For season one, the series begins with Ned Stark, Sean Bean, being asked to be the chief advisor known as the Hand of the King to lecherous King Robert Baratheon, uh, who's played by Mark Addy? Andy? Addy? Mark Mark Stephen Addy. Addy, okay. Second Flood, Fred Flintstone in live action. Well, uh, Ned and his wife, Caitlin, Michelle Fairley, receive a letter from Caitlin's (laughs) sister, Lysa, who's a nut job that gives them reason to believe that rival house Lannister, to which the king's wife Cersei belongs, was the cause of the previous hand's death. Ned must travel south to help the king and find out who killed the previous hand of the king, John Aaron, while trying to protect his family from the Lannisters. As he tries to uncover the reasons behind John Aaron's death, he uncovers the dark secrets about the Lannisters that Aaron himself died to expose. Meanwhile, across the narrow sea in the continent of East Essos, the exiled, arrogant Viserys Targaryen, son of the former king whose throne was usurped, believes he has the rightful claim to the throne. He marries off his younger sister, Daenerys Targaryen, whom he has psychologically and physically abused for years, to the leader of the Dothraki war tribe called Drago, in exchange for an army to return to Westeros and take the throne. However, Daenerys' growing love for Dr- Dargo, Drago, 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 and newfound mental strength as the Khaleesi of the tribe means Viserys' plans go unexpectedly and powerfully awry, to say the least. And beyond the wall, Ned Bastard's son, Jon Snow, joins the Night's Watch, an ancient brotherhood sworn to watch over the massive wall that separates the Seven Kingdoms from the dangerous unknown beyond, but an ancient force long believed dead threatens the land. And that's pretty much what they summed it up as. That's pretty good. And so my watch begins. So yeah, we got. And Sean Bean is uh, Ned Stark proves that 
honorable people don't do well in Westeros. <laughs> no, no, because when he, he gets there, he has to deal... Well, yeah. Yeah, because first the king comes to his castle, and um, it's there. Is it in the first episode you find out that... Uh, Cersei, his wife, and her brother Jamie are actually getting, you know, stooping each other. Building the beast with two backs. Yeah, and one of uh, Ned Stark's sons, Bran, sees this, and Jamie pushes him out of tower, and he ends up uh, being crippled by the fall. The things I do for love. That's what sold me on this show, actually. Oh, yeah. That was, I was watching the first episode going, yeah, this is acceptable. This is okay. I don't see what all the hoopla was, but then at that. But one then they moment, tried to kill a child, and you were sold. <laughs> I, well, like, well, I was. <laughs> My yes. dark soul well, is fed. That whole scene was so messed up. It's just like, wait, that guy's—that's his sister—and then he just does this like wait, little well, like he so, says like uh, psychopath thing, and just like emotionlessly shove the kid he out says, there. Uh, the things I do for love. Shove. Yeah. Yeah, and then I was like, I was like, okay, I see where this show is going. It's not gonna let you have any idea what's coming right, next. Right. I was, that's that's what sold it, and the and the kid getting yeah. Who doesn't love that? Then unfortunately, he lived. Yeah. <laughs> well, plus, you find out that all of Cersei's kids are from her brother. Yeah. Which in this kingdom, Which... somewhat. Is not a, it wasn't a big deal with the last set of kings with the Targaryens because yeah uh, it's, you know you're trying to breed a puppy how are you gonna do it I keep it in the family God. but then they all get bad hips you know yeah that's true <laughs> Cersei does really, not really have bad hips there. yeah but the first season does certainly set the tone in terms of this is not your you know this is not Lord of the Rings <laughs> no <laughs> this is uh this is strong beat. I love the character of King Not quite Crawl either. No. Well, they set they set like a Walking Dead vibe with it, and that like nobody is safe, and you know, so get get to love your characters, whatever characters you want to glom onto, and you know, body parts aren't safe. No, no. Hands, penises, skin, (laughs) the flayed man, skulls. There's just That's so many skeevy characters. I mean, like, there's so, so very few, like, purely honorable people, um, which is like life. I would say Brand of Tarth, but, well, well, first season, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think, maybe Jon Snow is about the most honorable character. Yeah. In, uh, in those uh, days, I mean, in in the... In the city- Arya, as well. Arya's... Yeah, Arya and Ned in the first season. Well, and Arya's going to become a soulless assassin, so I'm not sure that's well, really going to hold yeah. true for her. I'm talking first season, though. She's pretty, <laughs> you know. In the in the world of Game of Thrones, I think being a, a, a soulless assassin doesn't necessarily have to be unethical. And there is only one thing we say to death. Not today. Right. It could be a very good thing, you know. Well, it's, it's probably a pretty sought-after job in that, in that particular world, <laughs> you know. Always good job security and being right. A but she's going to be, you know, this. she's going to be a Charles Bronson. She's going after like, right. specific people, you know. She's not just going to be like, "Hey, hire me to go assassinate someone." She's got an agenda. Yeah. yeah. Most of her wrong. most of her she's list like, has been knocked off without her, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. There'll be time for her to get more on her list, uh-huh. I'm sure. Release the hound! Oh, sorry. Fuck the king. 
You know, when I the, okay, the first time I watched this, I'm watching Gay, I'm watching the show, and I look at the guy that's playing the Hound, and I'm like, man, I've seen that guy before. Yarp. Where have I seen that guy? Yarp, 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 Narp. I was gonna say a truck stop. I, no, uh, he's <laughs> he's from um, Hot Fuzz. Yeah, he's he's oh, like shit. He's the guy from the grocery store that's he's mildly has the yeah. Oh, you know, he's like Yarp. <laughs> no, that's all he says. Oh my god, that's him. I didn't even pick that out. Uh well, Game of Thrones is pretty much the place for all British actors to get a job. That is uh, Walking Dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not, there's not oh. there's nothing that says um, you know British like characters from Georgia, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta Either. say, I only just found out recently that Maggie was British. You know, she she pulls yeah. off her draw really well. Yeah. I knew she was British from the jump because I watched her on Supernatural. Uh, yeah, yeah. And she's British on that. Oh, and she was hot on Supernatural. And she was naked in uh, these, you know, the second Van Wilder movie, The Rise of Taj. Check it out, people. I missed that. <laughs> yeah, one. it was The Rise of Hero. Was the rise of yes, the rise of Louis, bro. Yeah. You want to know my secret, Chris? Oh, it, it's always, not going to be a secret much longer, huh? <laughs> I'm always horny. <laughs> Is it green? Ooh, and that, that's that going to come back to haunt anybody who's alone with you from now on. Who's <laughs> <laughs> better be careful. You don't want me to hero out on the you. The last person gets out of the car, and then like you're alone in the car with somebody, they're just going to be like. Now, <laughs> even now, <laughs> hero smash. <laughs> All right, well enough your, about me. Good thing your pants are made out of uh, unstable molecules. I'm not wearing any pants. Oh, <laughs> not as unstable as it gets. Yarp. You can't see my underwear because I'm not wearing any. <laughs> All right, so. Quick, we need to dump some gold over it, you know, to make a gold condom. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> like, the, like, uh, what, what's his name? I'm crown of gold. I'm with you. Yeah, when the guy gets the crown of gold. Oh. I want my crown. Uh. I want my crown. Here is your crown. Yeah, be oh, careful yeah. what you wish for. That was me at the dentist once. <laughs> what, they, they, they threw gold in a big pot and just poured it into your mouth? I want my crown. <laughs> I want my father's sword. And and here's uh here's here's uh Carl Drago, your dentist. Oh jeez. Comes in with the jingling hair and the braid. <laughs> Mounts you like a horse, pulls your teeth out. Oh, no. Hey. He puts a bridle in your mouth and rips your teeth out. Yeah. That sounds horrifying. Let's, let's... This is a dentist, not a proctologist. What's going on? You oh, did a nice little necklace of your teeth when you left, though. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, uh, so that yeah. So that was season one. <laughs> season two. Well, what? Oh, now the only difference I spotted from reading the book is, um, it. I mean, and there might be more, but the big one that I noticed was at the tournament where. Uh, the mountain cuts the horse in half. Oh yeah, you guys remember that? Yeah. Uh, whew. Whew. When he loses the match because Sir Loris. Oh yeah, Sir Loris the of, of the flowers. flowers. Yes. The night of flowers. That should have when been a, he... kind of a red flag for people. <laughs> <laughs> oh my my my! Uh, He's got the rainbow cloak. Oh, sorry. Yeah. 
He's Jesse. badass tonight, actually. I mean, is he as badass yeah. in the books? Because he's like yeah. he's portrayed as like this. You know, he's basically Lancelot, essentially the way I look at it, kind of. And but uh, he's playing for the other team. That's yeah. All. Well, you know, who who's to but, say Lance uh, and Arthur didn't? You know, they were pretty tight. So he just maybe, likes maybe Lance a lot. Both ways too. That's a... <laughs> Anyway, during the tournament, there's uh, a scene where Littlefinger is telling Sansa how the Hound got his burn because he's burned by his brother, the Mountain, because uh, the Hound was playing with one of um, Gregor's toys, yeah. and he basically took it from him and then shoved his face in a in a in a brazier and burned him. But he's telling that to to Sansa, and in that shot, you see Arya listening because she tells it later you know like maybe in season two after she's been taken by the hound mm-hmm. <laughs> so the poor bastard goes around all over the place trying to ransom her and every time he gets it up oh, they're dead yeah oh, somewhere else up oh, they're dead that's one of the best scenes in episode four <laughs> or season four too is when they get to the airy but... <laughs> and she just laughs yeah yeah but uh, the only difference that I really remember is that that scene of Sansa being told that is actually told the the hound he's drunk one night and actually tells her how he gets burned. It's not told at the at the tournament, and that's the only major difference I remember from the first book. The second, third, forget it. There's things that start to change a lot, but yeah. the first one was almost a shot for shot. As I read that, it was just like I was replaying the season in my head as I was reading it. And I was able to read that really fast. And I think that's how they got to start something like that out. And you got to be as true to the source material as you can, and, and then grab the people, and then you know endlessly piss them off after that. I guess. Um, <laughs> I remain unpissed off. <laughs> me too. I mean, I, I have no problem. I mean, I've, I've just got caught up with all the Walking Dead comics, and it's it's definitely a different experience watching the show now, having read all the comics. Um, but it doesn't take away from it at all. If anything, it enhances it, in my opinion. So, as long as you're cool with you know the separation of TV and and novel and movie and novel, like most of us fans are over the years. You know. I was just gonna say, if you're not, you just have to get used to it because it's just how it happens. Yeah. The time. Um, I love season- all. Oh, I love all the scenes with Peter Dinklage, though. I think he's awesome in this. Yes, he is. Yeah, they really couldn't have. I mean, and everybody just shits on him, you know. And he, I mean, he really tries and tries to do, kind of tries to do the right thing. Well, I think he's the ethical center of the whole thing. Yeah, and it's. I mean, he does he does unethical things, but it's sort of just to to get by. But he's not. He's not really like into any of the politics or grudges or anything. Sometimes he has to go along with them because he's in that family, but he seems to be, he's my favorite, you know, I, I think he's what hold the glue that holds that whole series together. And it's brilliant yeah. that they, they start off portraying him, you know, basically like, you know, this drunken whoring buffoon that, you know, is just daddy shame and, and all this, but he's really pretty much the smartest guy in the room at any given time. Lord of Light wants his enemies burnt. The drowned god wants them drowned. Why are all the gods such vicious cunts? Where is the god of tits and wine? In the Summer Isles, they worship the fertility goddess with 16 teats. We should sail there immediately. Well, that's that's the yeah. theme of... That's a, sort of the running theme in Game of Thrones is that it's the lowly that are the most honorable and strongest and, yeah. and just 
generally come out as the heroes. You know, it seems like a lot a lot of the people at the top are being taken down, and a lot of people at the bottom are on their way up. Yep, chaos is a ladder. Chaos isn't a pit. Chaos is a ladder. Yeah, because there's a lot of uh, behind the scenes manipulators with uh, with little finger. Various, uh, yeah. Various and his little birds, the uh, the eunuch. <laughs> That's There's a fascinating character. I could, just shave, I could just shave my head, powder myself up. <laughs> yeah, I could pretty much do that. Cut your dick too. off. Yeah. Hey, whoa, whoa! I'm not getting that much. I'm not a method actor, man. I'm. Cutting my dick I was off. just gonna yeah. say because you could be revealed, you know, history of the world part one stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the jig is up. Yeah. And go. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, anyway, you were going to jump into season two. It's on Yeah, season two. Season two. Yeah, season. well, I mean, that's where, obviously, we've had the death of Ned Stark. So season two kind of starts the, the battle of, you know, the War of Five Kings in earnest. And we've got uh, Ned's son, Rob, becoming king in the north. The king in the north! And uh, eventually failing miserably at it. Um, and we got Balon. Well, well, no, actually, he wins a couple battles, but he. Just oh yeah, he he's win, wins every battle, but like, loses the war essentially. Right, yeah. because he makes bad decisions. You know, he can't keep his dick in his pants for one thing. Yeah, oh, the biggest so thing. Long. I mean, the cause of the Red Wedding was whole. You know, Rob had had been promised, as you know, people had to do back in medieval times. Is uh, you you marry someone you don't necessarily want to because you want their dad's army on your side. Um, so, of course, Rob Stark was promised to uh, Walder Frey's ugly daughters um, and decided, fuck that, I'm going to be with this hot nurse <laughs> that's fixing up my troops. And, uh, well, we see how that ended up eventually. Uh, yeah, we've got, uh, we get to see a little bit more of the Greyjoys. Yeah, we get to see, I think this is where uh, Stannis comes in because mm-hmm. basically after... Um, at the end of season, towards what about three quarters into season one, Robert, Robert, uh, Robert Baratheon dies, and his bastard—well, not not his bastard, his uh, well, what he thinks is his son, Joffrey—becomes the king. <laughs> God, <laughs> and um, then it's kind of revealed that, or uh, in 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 the books, Stannis Baratheon, who's the older brother of Robert. Um, well, in in the show too, he decides, you know, I should be king because I'm the oldest. And his younger brother Renly's like, no, I should be king because everybody loves me and you're a dick, mm-hmm. and 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 no one's gonna follow you, you know, because you're you're too hard on everybody. So they both crown themselves kings. And in meanwhile, Balin Greyjoy down in uh, in the Iron Islands, whose son was uh, a ward at Winterfell, which is where Ned Stark lived. Um, Balin decides he's going to become a king. So you've got three kings right there. You've got Joffrey and King's Landing, and then you have Rob is the king in the... Right? Is that right? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. So that's where the five kings come from. And While, um, while you were going through that, I decided I want to be a king, too. So make it six. So you're going to be the king beyond the wall? I'll be the king of, the king of production. Uh, I'll be the king of tits and wine. I'll be the Duke of New York. No. You are the Duke of New York. You are number one. I want to be the credit king. We'll finance your car. Credit king will. 
<laughs> yeah, screw the rest of Westeros. I want to be. Uh, I want to work for the Bank of Bravos. Those are the people with the real power. Wait till yeah. the Clawhammer Clan comes onto the Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh jeez. Do they always pay their debts? Oh yeah. <laughs> Perhaps you should speak to me more softly then. Monsters are dangerous, and just now kings are dying like flies. Uh, so, there's a little plot here thing I can read for season two if you want. Well, we we actually didn't touch on uh, the 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 most important ending of season one, which was uh, Danny's oh. story, uh, Mother oh, of Dragons. Oh, yeah. How can we forget uh, about whoops. the dragons? I am. Kind of a big ending, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, for many reasons. (laughs) Yeah, Cal Drago got a little bit of an infection uh, and got himself dead, and uh, they lost the baby. You know, the the horse that will mount the world or something like that. And eventually, the way they uh, lost the baby was kind of scary because remember they brought that horse in because they they had a uh, like a local medicine woman who turned out to be a wit. She used. uh, how do you know she's a witch? Well, it's implied. Or she, she had powers. They might have done the float test on her. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm not a witch, I'm your wife. <laughs> and uh, who who ended up... her? Uh, the dragon eggs were actually a wedding present, weren't they, from somebody? Yeah, that was from Count uh, Illyrio, the guy that w- who had basically... Set uh, up the slave-slash-marriage, yeah. Yeah, and had kept... Viserys and Danny in his uh, in the free cities away from Westeros, and um, yeah, he he had arranged the marriage so that um, Viserys would get Khal Drago's army of yeah. uh, or his his Cal 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 his guys, but they're He's but people. they're afraid of seawater yeah. because they they consider it poison water, so they don't want to cross the ocean. But anyway, they all basically abandoned him after Khal Drago dies, and um, she, in her grief, she um, has like a big Viking funeral for him, and puts the the dragon eggs in there and walks into the fire and burns the old lady to kill her husband. And uh, when when the fire's gone, there's just ash around, and she's in the center, and she's untouched by it, and she has uh, the 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 three eggs have hatched, and she's got the three dragons crawling around her body. Lucky dragons. Yes, damn, damn right. <laughs> Her naked, naked body. It was. Dirty, dirty girl. <laughs> Sooty, fire-burned body. And that's where Jorah Friendzone uh, ended up pledging his allegiance to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, best. he's always in the friend penalty box, isn't he? <laughs> uh, but my Khaleesi. Yeah, you should have kept hitting on Laura Croft, buddy. Yeah. All right, uh, back to season two, though, I guess. Um, yeah, so the war is raging. Um, Stannis is hooked up with uh, the Red Woman, Melisandre, who is Ooh, another she... supernatural element to the show. And um, that was a nice little shocking scene as well. Um, oh, the, you mean the, the, the birth of, of the Shadow Baby? Yes, uh, that was something I haven't seen before. Um for the night is dark and full of terrors. The full size Dennis Baratheon shadow. Yeah. That's what they yeah. said my birth was like, oddly was enough. It? <laughs> was a dark shadow on the world. <laughs> yeah. Alright. I shot out of your mother's vagina and... just yeah, black goo, just like yeah. It's like a ungodly, <laughs> the whole, ungodly the whole nine yards, man. That explains a lot. Yeah. 
It's like, it's like the like the birth and the fly too. I mean the end of the fly. Oh, God, Very yeah. similar. Oh. Yes. <laughs> You've matured from larva quite well, Mister. Yeah, Obama. yeah. My doctor was Doctor Cronenberg. That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> that explains. Was your mom's gynecologist the guy from Dead Ringers? Yeah, Ellie. Ellie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of creepy that I can whip Dead Ringers lines off <laughs> at a mention. <laughs> oh, sorry. So anyway, the uh, Melisandre's shadow baby Stannis uh, ends uh, Renly's reign fairly quickly. Um, and poor Brianna Tarth had just, uh, you know... Just become his Kingsguard, basically, and uh, was completely yeah, powerless she's a, to stop him. She, she was also in the friend zone because she had a thing for Renly, and you know, yeah, that's why she wanted to protect him, and uh, she was right there when he died. Yeah. So, so not much gets, you can do against that dark magic, though. Well, yeah, because he gets stabbed right through his breastplate, right, right yeah. through the back and out the front with well, I don't know some type of shadow dagger or something. So. Yeah, so Brienne actually hooks up with Lady Caitlin and she charges um, her with a quest to go find her daughters. Yeah. Shadow Dagger was returned Jamie Lannister. Shadow right. Dagger was the name of my emo band in the eighties. Thought you were gonna say his name of your penis. Thank God, it was <laughs> I was gonna make dagger. that joke, but <laughs> can't be seen in the light. It only comes out at night, yeah. <laughs> Oh, sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're not I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. I took the hamburger. Oh, sorry. That was a Cheech and Chong B.B. Herman reference. <laughs> this is I'm going sorry. off the rails. <laughs> Way off the rails. Oh, anyway, oh. Um, the 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 climax of season two is one of the. The big battle scenes we finally got to see on the show, which was uh, the Battle of Blackwater. There's our brave men knocking at our door. Let's go kill them. Okay, I was power watch. This is when I was power watching the series, and I fell asleep watching that episode because right How? before that battle, well, right before that big battle, okay, I had headphones on, so I'm just sitting there, and I dozed off, and all of a sudden. There's just this massive explosion, right. and I wake up. I, I wake up and I look There's at the screen. Hundred ships on fire. It's yeah. just this green fire. I'm like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> I had to rewind. Oh wow, awesome! Because I'm like, why is everything green? What's it on fire? What's happening? <laughs> and now, uh, and that episode was like very key and like some character development obviously we saw that Tyrion was you know uh, he demonstrated he was the smartest guy in the room he pretty much was the author of the whole you know dragon fire thing to kill the ships and we also found out that uh, not surprisingly Joffrey was a complete coward and uh, yeah and that's when we first got to hear the sound the hound say fuck the king which is always fun to hear oh yeah fuck the king's god fuck the city Fuck the king. And, uh, yeah, uh, Stannis and company, after getting rid of Renly, obviously managed to marshal his forces and, and try to take King's Landing and did not end well for him. So, um, Come out behind them and fuck them in their asses! 
that's pretty yeah, much and, and um uh Cersei at this point was just about ready to poison her son. Yeah. Before um um Tywin, her father shows up, who who's played by Charles uh Dance. And and he's awesome as Oh yeah. As he's gonna be he's gonna be missed next season. Spoilers. 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 Yeah, he's taking a vacation and you know, an extended the way the the way they extended trip to the, the loop is good. So <laughs> well, when we get to that, I'll, it, it's described pretty good. You are not on trial for being a dwarf. <laughs> but uh, a lot of a lot of stuff happened, obviously, between the beginning and and Blackwater. Um, Some shit you, happened. You're all just gonna have to watch it yourselves to to get caught up on that. Cause we're trying to move forward, but. Uh, uh, obviously, we got Jon Snow. He ends up becoming um, kind of becomes a double agent for the Night Watch and goes and joins the Wildlings for a while and meets the lovely Ygritte. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah, redheads. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that whole storyline gets it going, and he eventually meets the, uh, the the King Beyond the Wall and his army full of giants and mammoths and hundred thousand. Strong of wildlings and people that'll eat you. I think that's in season three, isn't it? Uh, I'm looking at the synopsis. It says he he goes and meets Mance Raider, or maybe yeah, the end of the last episode of season two. He's preparing to go oh, okay. meet Mance Raider. Um, also got the area with my God. There's a lot that happens in this freaking show. <laughs> All you I know, know is in season two, the wildlings females discover that there's oral sex for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you How know nothing, Jon Snow. Oh, I guess you do know something, Jon Snow. Thing with your tongue. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Is that how all lords kiss thing their with ladies? Your tongue. Where'd you learn to do mm. that thing with your tongue, Jon Snow? <laughs> you, you know, know nothing. nothing. Well, I guess you know you something. Know something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Kissed by fire. Anyway. And Arya at this time has actually been... Um, for a while, she had gotten captured because uh, she had escaped the whole massacre back in mm-hmm. season one. She was hiding and, out in Heron Hall. Yeah, and and then she she ends up becoming the basically the page for Tywin Lannister. Tywin. Now, yeah. in the in, in the book, she was it was Roose Bolton who was actually in Heron Hall, and she was his page there. Oh, okay. Oh, it worked much little, better with Tywin though. That was, was a difference there, yeah. There were some great scenes with those two, though. Yeah, I think it was so more was... effective at being her right under Tywin's nose. Mm-hmm. That's where she meets uh, the mysterious Jagan Hagar, too. Oh, and this is all also towards the end of this scene is, is when Theon has gone back and takes over Winterfell and actually... He's uh, a real dick about it, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kills a bunch of people... Supposedly burns the two remaining uh, burns Bran and Rickon the uh, the, Stark the two kids. Stark Stark kids that were left behind mm-hmm. because the girls went with Ned Stark to King's, King's Landing. Landing. Yeah, well, because one Bran was recovering from his injuries and um, was learning how to walk. Blah blah blah. Rickon was too little, um, and well, yeah. There's the um, oh, what's the name? Of the the wildling girl, she's oh Osha. I, I can't think. remember Osha. Osha, yeah, she's mistaken. she's 
She's hot, but she's not. She's <laughs> the chick from Harry Potter. She yeah. was a lot yeah. hotter as Nymphadora Tonks, although not quite as naked, yes. I oh. will say my classic phrase, I'd hit it. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> no, she's a little bit of a tomboy. Come on, she's a wildling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, if I was north of the wall and that's what was offered, hell yes. But she gets an eyeful of, Ho- of uh, Hodor because Hodor, he comes running out naked. And she's like, ah, oh, there's giant blood now. Yeah, you're a big man, aren't you, lad? Hodor. Hodor. <laughs> I have a story, like but it, I have a story that relates directly to that, but I cannot tell it on a podcast, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, wow. I eagerly await Atlantic City. Yikes. Right. <laughs> that one's for one night around the campfire. <laughs> did, 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 did a woman say it to you, there's giant blood in that one? <laughs> no, no. No, I've met you, I there's no way. I can't even start without starting the story, so I should Okay, all right, all right, enough, enough. I'm intrigued, though, if something's not worthy of one of our podcasts or too blue for one of our podcasts. It's, it's yeah, be it's it's too long, and yeah, that's what she said. That's exactly <laughs> Anywho. Um, moving on to season three, I guess. Um, yeah. Valor de Harris is the first episode of season three. John is brought before Mansurator, the king beyond the wall. While the Night's Watch survivors retreat south in King's Landing, Tyrion asks for his reward uh, from winning Blackwater, apparently, and Littlefinger offers Sansa a way out. And I think we, we I think we need to discuss the whole Littlefinger, Sansa, creepy dynamic here, because the man's obviously going after her. Uh, well, he, he wanted would... to bang your mother, so yeah. So every dynamic with Littlefinger is creepy. Yeah, everything about Littlefinger is creepy. But he's brilliant. Okay. And yeah, he'll but probably whole... end up being king of the you know king of the whole spiel someday. Probably the whole everybody being attracted to Sansa thing just doesn't seem right. I just don't get it. I, I look at her and I, I mean, I... I know I'm like a million years older than her, but I look at her and I think, eh, it's because I, think... I think it's because in those days she's like that, like. She's like that little bird, you know, sensitive, fragile bird with a fair skin and um, so we must un- unsullied that. soul, you <laughs> yes. know, where she's still naive and it's it's almost a status thing more than, you know, you know, she's hot. I mean, usually in those days, weren't like larger women considered? That was what was the standard of like birth and hips, right? Big, big, big women mean, you know, got some money because she's getting fed and yeah. she's sturdy for for babies and stuff. Like in that world, hero and drag would be like would be know, like uh, <laughs> would be would, yeah right would be the he'd be working Littlefinger's brothel twenty four seven. Yeah, I'd I'd take all customers. I don't care. If I'm going to get paid, i got to get my money. Sansa's like this creature that's not that... Well, 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 I mean, maybe she'll she'll leather up, but she seems like this creature that, you know, cannot exist outside of, you know, protective custody of royalty and pamperedness. Right. Which I guess it's a a status, a huge status symbol. I I guess. And people love that bloodline. I mean, the Starks don't end well but people love them you know yeah. they, so it's yeah it's it's i mean Littlefinger. i mean as far as like standard lust goes you'd think by now he's pretty much entertained every lustful thought that he'd ever wanted to to experience by there's more to him than that though which was right that, right that, well, that, well, that now, huge, now that his huge lusts reveal are, his lusts are more you know 
Oh, he wants power, right? Right, right. Yeah, he just wants anything that he hasn't had yet, basically. I mean, he he didn't get to have Caitlyn, so he'll take her daughter. He's not not starstruck in love with her or anything. Maybe her mother he was. That only, like... I think he was, and after that it was just whatever. It's like, yeah, exactly. And the only reason he... I mean, then you find out in season four, which blew my mind, that it was he and Lissa that sent the letter in the first season. And I went, what?! Distrusting me was the wisest thing you've done since you climbed off your horse. I mean, that blew my mind. I'm like, geez, he's a scumbag. These are truly soap operas. Listen to us. This is great. I know. <laughs> and it turns out he sent the letter. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Well, through, through. I couldn't believe Doug reading, cheated yeah. on Alyssa with Marjorie. Yeah. Yeah, it is a soap opera, well, isn't it? <laughs> well, through the reading, you find out a little more. It's more murder and, and, and it is. It is touched on in the show a little bit that Littlefinger was in love with Caitlyn, but she was betrothed to somebody else, and he tried to defend her honor or whatever, and he got his ass kicked, and then he got shoved back down to where he lived at. But then um, Caitlyn's sister, Lysa, took pity on him, actually gave him her maidenhood, popped her cherry, so to speak. And... um, so she was in love with Littlefinger all along from way back. Yeah. But kind of was upset because that's why she's got such a thing that 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 she's that she's kind of batshit crazy when she comes to the airy because she looks like Caitlyn and she sees them together. That's why she was like, you know, you want him. But she's actually fixating on Sansa as being her sister, you know, because she's saying things to her as if she's Caitlyn and not really Sansa. And um yeah, because and Lice is just nuts. Well, yeah, as previously mentioned, I think it was was it the first or second season that we discovered that she still breastfeeds her like twelve year old son too. Um, that, was, <laughs> that was a fun was scene. Yeah, no, it wasn't. <laughs> They're up to the moon door. Make it fly. There's women who are doing that nowadays. So that's the creepy. Yeah, you know, we don't need to go into real life. You know somebody feeding a kid who's you know 60 months old it can speak that's my i want to see the little man fly (laughs) (laughs) which which brings us to one of the best characters in the show yeah yeah. you don't fight with honor no he did Stuff is pretty rad. I just wish he had a brother named Todd. I'm missing the reference. Me Simpsons, too. Rod and Todd. No, it's oh, Bron. Oh, Bron. Never mind. <laughs> you are failing this podcast. I thought you were making a DeVito oh. reference there for a second. <laughs> you will win, and then I will still have Bron. Oh, wait, that's Star Trek. That's Don. Sorry. <laughs> Logical. It would be great oh, if Ron was logic. wearing like a lumberjack shirt and had an axe and, the, and a cap, though. Oh, Bronny? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> One step backwards, half step forward. That's how I work. Yeah, Bron's pretty cool because he, he's the one that back, I think this was back in season two when um, Caitlin's out. She's got. Uh, <sighs> How does she capture Tyrion? I don't remember. Oh, he just walks into... He just strolls on into the... Um, into the he inn they're in. Run, and, yeah. and she she just 
stands up and says to all 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 the men there, "You're yeah. my father's bannerman. I, I, I yeah. arrest, arrest this, this guy. man." <laughs> what? He's like, "What?" Tyrion's like, "Ah, oh, shit! All the gin joints in all the world, and I had to walk into this one." <laughs> <laughs> it's been a remarkable journey. And then they stick him in the sky cell, which is basically <laughs> just a big open hole in the side of the castle. I swear that floor had a slight slant just, to it, like you would roll out and go to sleep and fall. Uh -huh. Definitely, it was definitely just slightly graded towards the edge. <laughs> yeah. And the worst part the about being that short is, the fall takes even longer. <laughs> <laughs> I would know. <laughs> uh, he cuts down on, you know, the, the taxpayers having to support prisoners. Every, every third prisoner is going to roll themselves to a death sentence. So. <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, I regret nothing. This is just so many characters. Oh, it's so insane. much. So little time. I mean, we've got know, we Danny starts her little place. crusade over in, in Essos and uh, starts taking over slave cities. Um, season two and season three. One of the most epic uh, scenes, I think it was season three was it uh where she, a... she she basically she's she's agreed to sell one of the dragons to uh oh yeah, yeah. to the city that has the unsullied she agrees right. to sell one of the dragons to to get the unsullied and then you know basically as soon as the transaction goes down she <laughs> orders the unsullied to murder everyone in all the slave masters in the city and the guy who's trying to hold the dragon by the leash uh yeah gets uh gets real gets toasty. The, yeah, it gets the Owen and, and our Peru treatment. Mm -hmm. I am Daenerys Stormborn of the blood of Old Valyria, and I will take what is mine. Gotta talk about the dragon designs on this. I mean, it really awesome. is top-notch. I mean, for any kind of TV. Um, I mean, I put it right up there with with Smog in the, in the new Hobbit movies. I mean, I just think they're an awesome design, and I don't know you know if they're kind of in step with what the books described them as or not but uh really really put some work into those things yeah you can tell that's where the, a lot of the budget's going for yeah. The special yeah. effects. i like they, them better than slots slog than smog <laughs> because they're not anthropomorphized you know yeah they're, they're wild animals oh yeah yeah I As like they, the part where she sort of gets it illustrated to her that they're wild animals and, you know, they could possibly bite her, too, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because well, the they one, start the one stands snippy. up to her for a moment. Yeah. So I'm wondering yeah. if that's how she eventually goes out. I mean, I don't know if she's going to be the one of the one of the people that rides dragons into, into battle or if we're going to get some weird twist and one of her dragons is going to have her for lunch. You never know with this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no one, no one is safe. Nope. No, and just yeah. the fact that at the end of season four, Tyrion's making it, making his way to where she is. I mean, who know? I have no idea what's going to happen. No. I mean, right now, and this is again the the books. I, I, I the books have caught up to me, so I'm not. There's no spoiler here, but I'm just. I, when I look at the cast of characters right now, I got to think the three most likely to survive to the end are Tyrion, Daenerys, or Jon Snow. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't know that any of the three of them make it to the end, but that's what I'm thinking right now. Well, and remember, we got to the end of the season four, we also had uh, Bran in, like, season three met uh, Jira, or 
the, the, the uh, jo- the Jojen frog, and yeah, the, yeah, Jojen and Mira, maybe? Mira, Mira, yeah, and they're they're off. They've gone on the other side of the wall um, to seek the Green Men to try to help Bran with his um, his burgeoning powers, I guess you could say, because he's yeah. what they call a warg, and he can take possession of animals and see through and through, Hodor. Well, and well, Hodor. and that put could be because Hodor's. Of a lower mental capacity is why he can take him over. But you'll never walk again. But you will fly. Definitely, you say. Hodor is smart. He just <laughs> can't say any. He's like. Group. Hodor is like the Otis <laughs> of the Superman universe. Oh, no, no, <laughs> oh, no. Gee. Oh, oh, gee, Mr. Oh, Hodor. <laughs> Are we going to see the wildling tree, Mr. Luthor? <laughs> what are they wearing in Westeros? Looks like a burnoose. <laughs> Hodorberg! Hodorberg! It's just a little itty bitty place. It all goes back to Superman copyright Mike Bailey. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the supernatural stuff uh, is obviously, I mean, in season four, I think it was, we got a, a view of the Night King. Um, just, you know, uh, the whole story of there's just too goddamn much. Craster, who lived up, you know, just beyond the no, wall, was Craster. a formal Night's Watch guy who is, uh, you know, yeah, incest to the nth degree and has got all his sister wives and all that stuff. And any male child that they have, you know, goes they out. The, they, they give them up the to the, the, the White, white walkers. walkers. Yeah, which we haven't even talked about yet. <laughs> no, and eventually we see, you know, one of the White Walkers take them all the way to the White Walker kingdom and uh white walkerville white walkerville and we see uh and they turn the, they make him a baby walker i guess yeah so that's apparently craster has been feeding the evil Which, army way to go douchebag yeah. i don't remember that in the book do you paul no no i don't in fact the, the white walkers are, are, have not been really the focus of very much in the books uh, i remember point. reading that that definitely was something they made up for the tv show yeah well, but I'm sure Martin's going to flesh that out, but maybe they just wanted to tease us a little they earlier have to introduce in the show. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the first scene of the first episode is White Walkers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we, we don't hear our... anything from him for a while after that. But yeah. We, we, we got our zombie horse, Chris. We got our walking dead, mi- Mr. Dead horse. Wilbur. <laughs> so cold. <laughs> <laughs> Big giant dead horse with a dead guy riding it. Oh, man. Uh, that was a nice scene with the whole army passing by. Just passing by. Yeah. Yeah, where that, were they what's that character's to, name who is who's he's about the luckiest son of a bitch in the world. Sam. Oh, Sam, Sam? Tarly. Yeah. Yeah, Samwise. Yeah. Samwell. Yeah. Samwise, Sam Samwell. He's very Samwise-like, though. I know, he's oh, awesome. Yeah. I am a man of the Night's Watch, Gilly. I made a promise to defend the wall, and I have to keep it. Because that's what men do. Yeah. But he's he's the only one that gets... He he actually gets to kill a walker. He finds the obsidian knife, and... I think he's like that character that's the stand-in for the reader. I think that's what he was written as. 
as like somebody who would be a normal reader of the book what about what level they'd be stuck at like if if any of us got thrown into that world yeah and handed well, a sword. That, would, that would make him our, our point of view character exactly well, i just if i want to see the for, the poor fat bastard fuck jilly next season or i'm done jesus so. yeah the poor guy and he's even got a kid poor yeah step. come on we all know somebody like that yeah oh yeah yeah, there might be somebody like that on this podcast, and out there killing as we all look at each other, killing walkers. <laughs> Not me, baby. Ah, I only kill fast food. <laughs> <laughs> That's my roadkill. Uh, yes, Taco Bell, or as I like to call it, Taco Bill. <laughs> I do not want to eat a Taco Bell. <laughs> he comes by, they see him coming across the parking lot, and some teenage kid's like, oh, hey, Jesus, here he comes. He's okay, back. you take him, and he's going to say, and he's, he's going to tell you he's Taco Bell. Just at, laugh. At Taco Bell, they deep fry everything in Pisswell Mountain Dew. If I go to my grave, having never seen Bill's Taco, I will be, I will not have any regrets. <laughs> yeah, let's hope something we can all avoid. <laughs> And well, that's what he gets at the end of his goes to a Mexican restaurant and Bill's Taco Bill. <laughs> they should make me like the spokesman. You know, they should have a whole advertising campaign. Hi, I'm Taco Bill for Taco Bill. <laughs> Screw if I can survive this food, food, you can too. I'm, I'm 45 years old with diabetes and I eat here every damn day. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Fuck Jared and his subway. Yeah. Oh yeah, well that goes without saying. The first commercial, you'll just you'll see Jared's clothes in a pile, and Bill will be just like, "I just ate Jared." <laughs> Bill will have a toothpick and he's cleaning out his yeah. teeth. Yeah, with with Taco Bell hot sauce. <laughs> Better than a chalupa. Oh yeah, fried dough. Mm. <laughs> Speaking of fried dough. No, I got no segue for that. But we lose a major asshole character uh, this season. Or is it season four? No, oh, season four. Which character is it? Which uh, asshole, Bill? I don't know. There's there's so many assholes dying. I know, I know. Yeah. Well, season three taught us, it was one of the first uh, to teach us that you should not get married in Westeros, ever. No. Um Actually, oh, what's no, his name? I was thinking Joffrey's wedding. That's in season four. My bad. Yeah, yeah. That's we the, went right from only only two episodes in too. We got was the Billy red Idol wedding, there? and then yep. <laughs> <laughs> start again. But we 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 start out season good, four by good. by Joffrey yeah, turning up the asshole to eleven, and you know basically oh, yeah. torturing Tyrion, and you know what? What do you didn't he chop uh, Tyrion's wedding present in half or something? He's oh, giving him like yeah. that. Just like, you know. Oh, you brought me a book, and then they bring out the sword because they had uh, melted down Rob uh, Stark's sword, Valyrian steel, mm-hmm. Ned Stark's sword. Well, what I yeah. find no, uh, hilarious is everybody was, was like, "Oh my God, Joffrey was such a douche at his wedding. He like reached new heights of douchiness." But I thought the heights of douchiness was really? where he was like shooting hookers. At <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to really. Yeah, it's just pinnacle of his douchiness. Yeah, there's so much. Really, kind of hard to nail down which was Joffrey's douchiest moment. But uh, yeah, shooting the hooker for fun was was up there. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, he wanted to. You know, he he threatened to shoot freaking Sansa. He was going to serve her brother's head. Sansa. He was going to 
serve her brother's hat on a plate, you know, at the wedding feast and all this stuff. And uh, at this point, though, Tyrion has been forced to marry Sansa, which is you know, not at all awkward. And poor bastard didn't even get a piece of that before she got sent away. <laughs> I was hoping, I was really hoping that they were going to become a power couple. I really was. Yeah, I me too. Was hoping I, that he was going to sort of. Like the bring two her weakest, around. Yeah, the two weakest characters in all the realm, basically, you know. Would have kind of and who knows, may still he's still married to her, technically. That's true. So, you know, he's he's technically no, he's married heir to the heir to the north I in a way. I think in this in this uh in from everything I read in the books, if you don't consummate the marriage, the marriage can be annulled and yeah. So bed sheets, baby. Exit well that's right. what they do, yeah. I mean that was the whole thing. When Cersei, you know, her plan was once, once Sansa came to her blood moon. I'm putting quotation marks up in here. Her menstruals. You know, ah, you know, oh, you're a woman now. Wonderful, you can marry Joffrey. No, and she tried to hide it. She tried to like burn the bedclothes yeah. and burn the sheets and the mattress. And they're like, "What the fuck are you doing, you stupid bitch?" You know, oh, wonderful, you're bleeding. And she's like, nah. But that, yeah, that poor girl never would have had been around long enough to have a kid with Joffrey, though, because he would have he would have killed Marjorie too. So, um, yeah, it's it's looking like uh, Diana Rigg was probably the one who actually offed Joffrey uh, at his oh, wedding. Oh, she was because yeah, she yeah. says it because she straightens she straightens the the necklace, which the gems were made out of the poison. Yeah, yeah, they were little crystals. So she she snaps one off when she straightens it and drops it in the drink. Oh, they don't straight up show it. But you see her straightening the necklace. But she must have been working with Littlefinger, too, because he kind of, he kind of, you know, hints that he had a lot to do with it as well. Yeah. So. Well, killing Joffrey was one of those, like, no-brainers, slam dunks, where there's going to be some people upset, it's going to upset things, but everybody, including the populace and most of the people who were there, we're probably kind of breathing a sigh of relief as soon as he started, you know, veining up and yeah, and drying, shriveling up on the ground. We're probably like, oh, good, oh, good, this isn't yeah. really happening. That's good, yeah. Because like, especially being a peasant during Joffrey's reign would be like really hazardous, you know. Oh you yeah, just be picked out of the street and to be brought into like gladiator games or something eventually, right? Yeah, I yeah, I would think that the whole populace breathed a little sigh of relief at, at that one. But uh, the only complaint I heard about, you know, Joffrey's death on the internet was that he didn't die horribly enough. <laughs> oh well, it looks pretty terrifying. Yeah. They did revive him so he could get dismembered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's how you make a good. Vi- I mean, he's a perfect soap opera villain with just zero redeeming qualities. Right. And just slime oozing out of every pore, and you and you would think that the narrative, in, uh, I don't know, it would lean towards that they would have tried to do some kind of redemption arc on him before they killed him, but no, they just who Joffrey? Oh yeah, but they just kept you know, I mean, a lesser writer maybe, but you know, they just kept turning up the douche to eleven. They, and, you know, he, he did that on other characters though. He yeah. Had, uh, oh yeah. He had yeah, Kingslayer. Right, yeah, because we haven't really t- talked about Jamie because he, uh, season two or three, lost his hand, was, that was cut it. off, 
that was a great scene when they oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, see that oh, and, and you'd, and you'd like uh, so, some steak. Okay, that's very good, very good. Chop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, where, where's your daddy now? Yeah, all the Lannister money in the world can't save your hand, fucker. And then he tied it around his neck and carried, <laughs> yeah. carried it with him. Oh, man. Uh, I love you the actor really that got do a that. Redemption, uh, uh, Reek. Oh, uh, that's going to uh, go some interesting places. Uh, obviously, Ramsey's using him to... Well, he got Mo Kalen uh, by basically telling the guy that he stripped... Whose identity he completely stripped away to... Alright, you have to be Theon Greyjoy again and go take this castle for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I've got to assume, just speculating, that Reek's eventually going to reassert himself and, and eventually take out Ramsay Snow, but I don't know. Cut off his manhood and feed it to the goats. <laughs> no, 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 no. I read I ahead, know. but I won't say anything. Yeah. Classic Manchurian candidate. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well done, too, man. I mean, wow. Talk about some visceral friggin' torture scenes on that guy. That was just... Mm. Ugh. I know. Really they, hard to watch. <laughs> Well, then the, uh, there were also, like, physical, but the psychological torture. Oh, yeah, he where they let him go. They yeah, he, let he's him, getting away. Oh, they let, you know, they had those two women. Yeah. They had those two oh. women crawling all over him, and then they chop his dick off. Yeah, that was yeah. brilliant. Yeah, imagine get, that, getting that chopped off when you're at full bore. That was yeah. probably easier to do it. That's why. They were just like, yeah, what are we going to do? Okay. I'm not even going to attempt to research whether that's true or not. <laughs> I would think it would be more likely to kill you. Yeah, because yeah. you have to bleed out. Because you got all that blood going. Then you'll be fucking your own bride with a wooden cock. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's some images I didn't want tonight. No, <sighs> I, I mean, they, that, right that seems to be their thing is torture. So they know how to keep people from bleeding out. Yeah, yeah. Well, their, their standard is the flayed man. You know, nice cheery little, hey, welcome to the land of the flayed man. Come enjoy, you know. Your vacation. Is that like Burning Man? Is it a festival? Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're going to Flayed Man! Well, the, <laughs> one, one of the things that's brought up in the, in the book is that they say that actually the Boltons used to flay the skins off of Starks, and they would they had coats of Stark skin that they used to wear. Oh, shit. Oh, well, they yeah, become allies a, after that. Look. Yeah. <laughs> it puts the lotion on its skin. <laughs> What's well, like the Starks? Uh, the Starks don't seem like a horribly smart family to me. I mean, a Ned Stark trusts the guy that, for one, tells him you shouldn't trust him. Big red flag there. Uh, and also the guy whose woman you stole, you know, love of his life, you ended up marrying him. So you know, maybe you shouldn't turn your back on the guy. Um, and like you know, as I said like Theon Greyjoy going back to his dad and all of a sudden like well let's go kill the Starks now just betrayed at every turn you know and trusting the wrong people all the time just, well, uh, when, you're, when then, you're the only honorable people that's what's going to happen they, they're not you can be you honorable know. and not stupid though that would really go a long way to keeping most of your family alive <laughs> that's so. Yeah, but if you're honorable and not, if you're, it almost has to be almost a conscious sort of stupid, where you put, you know, because if if you're gonna be honorable and try to like completely, a hundred percent survive in in that, you you're gonna have to resort to some sleaziness. You're gonna have to get down. That's basically 
one of the big running themes is you just can't stay out of the dirt, you know. Yeah. In yeah. in in this world. You win or you die. And and Ned and people like Ned Stark are almost better off dead as a symbol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> than walking around, you know, goofing up, you know. He lived a good amount of time to just to, to go out as an iconic good guy. Yeah. And that that would not you know, eventually you're going to get your head taken off, you know? Yeah, yeah, but he's presented as a traitor by the time they, they cut off his head, though, right? Right. That's how he's presented at the time. But, I mean, the thing about it is he's just, you know, it's 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 that sort of that sort of thing, you know, the Heil Hitler thing where, if, you know, you got the, the people who are, like, really into the Heil Hitler and the people who are just, like, Heil Hitlering to to keep on moving down the street, you know? Right, right. So there's a lot of people like, yeah, the big trader's dead, you know, but I'm sure... Well, you make a good point, though, because, I mean, it's the memory of Ned Stark and what an honorable person he is that allows Jon Snow to get some juice with, you know, Stannis Baratheon. And basically he says, you know, I'm Ned Stark's son. My father died, you know, basically supporting you, so you better fucking listen to me, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care if you're the king or not, but my dad fucking bought it so you could be king, so you will right. take my advice. Right, and that and that and it and it moves the that mythical power into his heirs. So yeah. and you know, I mean that's just generally how humans work too, is if somebody did good by you, you know, you're you're you feel more likely to do good towards somebody related to them or associated with them, you know? Yeah. yeah. Think about what a what a world of stupid people that is though. That it took Ned Stark to have to sit there and go through books and books and books to realize that Joffrey had blonde hair. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's, yeah. Uh, hmm. yeah the and he was the only one who realized it, so they had to kill either. him. Yeah. And he why do all my in. sons look like my wife and her her brother? Uh, hmm. And he was only clued in because of, uh, uh, you know, the, well, this is the book that John Aaron was reading when he was killed. Really? Hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. all right. Mm, Robert Baratheon, well, black of hair. Mm. Yeah, well, it's, I guess we could give Robert Baratheon a pass because he was basically portrayed as drunk always and fucking anything that moves and, you know, probably didn't really even care who his sons came from. <laughs> as yeah, long he's, as he... got, he's got more bastard kids that have apparently lived in the book. Than, right. Uh, two of his bastard kids are still in, in the book. One is the one that was the armorer, and uh, there's another was one that... Gendry? That, yeah. Yeah, and he just disappeared. He you know, got a couple they got some blood from him from Melisandre and then uh what's his name? Davos helped him escape. Davos and, Seaworth. Yes, I love that character too. I don't know if he's carries, just cool. Carries his fingers in a pouch around his neck. Yeah. <laughs> the onion knight. The onion knight. But uh yeah, he's got in the book he's got another uh, bastard son, and it was actually that bastard son that was at um, in in the book. It's that son that was with Stannis and not Gendry. Um, and actually, see uh, Davos ships that son off to save his life because Lady Melisandre is going to basically offer him up to the fire because yeah. that's because the whole blood of kings is how she, they can work their magic. Blah blah blah. Leeching him and then throwing the leeches in the fire, etc., etc. You know, because that's how they created some of the the shadow, whatever. Because they they do that again in the book, and and they describe how it takes a toll on Stannis's health. 
Um, because when he takes, um, well, there's another shadow baby coming up. Yes, yeah, there, yeah, there was another one in the book because that's how he they create another one, and that one goes in and kills um, the guy that's guarding High Garden or something, or like one of Renly's strongholds. Um, uh, I can't remember the exact name of it, but oh, but, so it's probably already passed. We won't see it on the show. Oh yeah, so, yeah, we won't see it. That's something they just glossed right over. But but yeah, that that just plays a little bit more into the backstory. And that's that was if I was Stannis, I'd be like, can we make more Shadow Babies, Melisandre? Just any chance to get back into that, man. You know, that's a fine looking <laughs> witch right there. <laughs> it's like let's try for Shadow Quintuplets this time. Anything. I don't know. Yes, it's, it's it's been a while. Come out looking like Tyrion. What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we got another big death at the end of. Uh, oh yeah, because Tyrion goes on trial for the death of Joffrey, and uh, basically everything's turned against him. He knows he's he's going to get railroaded, and that's where he. I demand a trial by combat. He has the trial by combat, and the Red Viper. Yeah, uh, one of the best characters on the show. So of course he didn't even last a full season. Um, great character though. I mean, I, he just the balls on him, you know, are just to go into King's Landing and basically be telling everybody it's like yeah, Tywin is, you know, I, I'm after Tywin because well, he, he ordered the mom from, to kill my sister. He was from Prince. He was the guy from Princess Bride. He was I am Avalon Montoya. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah essentially. Avenge my brother, you know. Yeah, tell, yeah. Tell your father I'm here. Tell him the Lannisters aren't the only ones who pay their debts. Or avenge his father, whoever he was avenging. His uh, sister, his right? His sister. And sister they gave kids. him a lot of character exposition in it and just ran smoothly. It wasn't just like, you know, I mean, his talks with Tyrion in, in the cell and, and, and before the wedding and everything um, just gave us a lot of backstory on, you know, what happened between the mountain and his sister and the people of Dorne. And, well, they and, were uh, smart. They built his character... So that you thought, even though you think anybody can die, you still thought that character had a lot of development left before they right. were off him or something. You know, he there was he was just sort of emerging, and you're starting to learn all these things about him. And that was just how they got you by surprise. That was I remember when we were watching that. That was one of the ones where we're both standing up like, "Whoa!" Yeah, yeah. I did not <laughs> yeah. see that. Rewind. Well, it's weird. I mean, at the at the beginning, I'm like, there's no fucking way this guy's going to make it through this fight. You know, this is where they're going to kill him. But about halfway through the fight, I'm like, holy shit, he's going to win. And then, yeah, pop goes the noggin. Yeah. <laughs> One of the best death scenes on Game of Thrones yet, too, is uh, yeah, the mountain literally crushing Prince Oberon's skull into mush. That was I'm impressive. A, I'm a gore movie fan, and that scene was intense for me. Yeah. And that's what cracked me up is I know there's a lot of people who now like have gone their whole lives with I don't watch scary movies and stuff, but they've got sucked sucked into Game of Thrones and Walking yeah. Dead and are now seeing the stuff that's beyond anything like George Romero ever oh, did yeah. on regular TV and it just cracks me up, you know, they come into work the next day like with their skin pale and Yeah. <laughs> it's head popped like a grape. <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it did. It was glorious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I mean, the whole Red Wedding sequence with everybody getting crossbowed and stabbed, you know, the pregnant 
wife gets stabbed in the stomach and you're like, oh my god, and not once, yeah. but it's like over and over again. And Oh, no, I mean, oh. I, I can watch a hundred thousand fucking men get slaughtered, you know, horribly in any movie, but you kill an animal or a pregnant woman and I'm a fucking basket case. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, no, you didn't. No, you can't go there. No, no, no. And they do frequently. We're all masochists. Let him go, or I will cut your wife's throat. I'll find another. Now you can't get married or get pregnant in Game of Thrones. No, hell no. <laughs> Pets. No, I think that's why so many people join the Night's Watch. It's like, fuck this, man. I'm so, not so many get involved with other people in this country, and we're, you're done. I'm just going to go be a hermit, not have sex, and, and guard the wall against these mythical beasts that probably will never show up. Yeah, that might be the best life in Westeros. <laughs> but why don't we do a quick like recap of Season 4? We've been all over the map here. But uh, let me just read the synopsis. Um Started out with two swords. Um, as we said, Tyrion welcomes a guest to King's Landing, which was the aforementioned Prince Oberon. At Castle Black, John stands trial. Um, that was for his shenanigans out among the wildlings. And Daenerys is pointed to Maureen, the mother of all slave cities. Arya runs into an old enemy, which would be the Hound. I'm going to put a sword through your eye and out the back of your skull. Season four, in King's Landing, guests begin arriving for Joffrey Baratheon and Marguerite Tyrell's wedding, including the vengeful Oberyn Martell. After Joffrey is poisoned at his wedding by Marguerite's grandmother, Olena Tyrell, Emma Peel, a distraught Cersei Lannister is quick to blame her young brother Tyrion for the death of her son because he's a midget. I'm guilty of being a dwarf. You are not on trial for being a dwarf. Oh. I've been on trial for that my entire life. Tyrion struggles to survive these ac accusations as he is pitted against both his father and his sister while he's abandoned by all those he once held dear, including Bronn. Well, this isn't in here, but Bronn basically gets bribed with a uh, um, with a wife oh. that is going to stands to inherit a uh, a a a castle and like a possible lordship. If her older sister dies, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. The, Mar the Martells, the ruling family of Dorne, are represented at the wedding by Prince Oberon, like the rest of his family and many others. Oberon has a deeply personal reason to despise the Lannister regime. Yeah, because I, we didn't really talk about that, but uh, it was his um, sister. sister who was betrothed to the previous king um, that Robert overthrew. And during that whole stuff that happened... Tywin's men came in and killed uh, uh, the mountain, actually raped or and then killed the children by smashing their heads in against, you know, Caligula style. And um, so that's that's the grudge that they have against them. The remaining Stark children have all embarked on their separate journeys, aware that they have no home to return to anymore. Sansa Stark successfully escapes King Landing with the help of Peter Baelish, only to come into con conflict with her psycho aunt, Lisa Aaron, who mistrusts the relationship between Peter and Sansa, as well she should. Meanwhile, Arya Stark is still heading to the Aerie, accompanied by Sandra Clegane, Clegane bleh, who hopes he will receive payment for delivering her safely to one of her living relatives. 
<laughs> not for long. Lastly, Brad Stark, accompanied by the Reeds and Odor, continues his mission north to the Wall, trying to find a three-eyed raven he has been dreaming about. At the Wall, a recently returned Jon Snow tries to warn his leaders about Mons Raider. Mons Raider's impending... I love the way he says Mons Raider. Mons Raider. <laughs> impending attack on the Wall from both sides. The southern attack is being led by Tormund, Giantsbane, and Ygritte who have recently joined forces with another wilding tribe, the Theans. And there's some scary dudes. Because isn't that one one of the guys that stops one of the kids that's running from the village and says, yeah, you see your parents? Um, I'm going to eat your parents. Go and run and tell (laughs) Delicious parents. (laughs) Also returned to the wall, Samuel Charlie struggles with his feelings for the wildling girl, Gilly, and the impact she is having on the Night's Watch. Elsewhere... Davos Seaworth is ambiti- ambitiously trying to restore Stannis Baratheon's army in preparation for its journey to the Wall, while Roos Bolton enlists his bastard Ramsay Snow in and, and enslave Theon Greyjoy and Locke to help him cement his claim to the north. Across the Narrow Sea, Daenerys Targaryen continues her conquest of Slaver's Bay by taking control of the largest city, Marine. Once Marine is claimed, Daenerys decides to stay and learn to rule before making her return to Westeros. While in Marine, she deals with the hardships of ruling, a blooming love interest, and stop sending messages while I'm talking! <laughs> and a devastating betrayal. What the hell's all these messages? Oh, <laughs> oh the last one says fuck off, Bill, so let's read that one. <laughs> Bye, Paul. Yes, as as is wont to happen in the world of Game of Thrones, we've lost one of our kings. He was he was betrayed and just you you know, Scott getting married. You to do I? I definitely you can come on back to the bins. We'll just figure out when. Yeah, question and fuck off, Bill. I love you too, Paul. Paul's Paul's getting married, as uh, you know, as it is in Game of Thrones. So he's no longer with us. He's been betrayed. He's been betrayed, married, and he had a child dying horribly. And he got a pet, so somebody killed him. His story (laughs) is fulfilled. (laughs) Done. So, uh, yeah. So uh, there was there's another character that we didn't bring. Okay, because Jorah is in the friend zone over with. Daenerys, and she also finds out that she's the guy that's been feeding all the info back to Westeros about what she's been doing. Um, so now he's really, basically, she's told him, you need to just leave, or, you know, you've got till sundown. Beat Actually, it. she says, uh, fuck off, her. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, but uh, the other character, uh, Dario Barris? Barristan. Oh, Barrister. Mm-hmm. Was the uh, ruler of the, well, not the ruler, who was the head of the Kingsguard, but Joffrey and Cersei, well, I think it was more Cersei, dismissed him because of his age. Bullshit. She couldn't, they yeah. couldn't control him. So they let him go. And that and just. He said, fuck the king. You know, he, he threw down his armor and left. It was cool because he just strips it off and throws it at their feet. I'm out. Drops the mic, drops the sword, walks yeah. out. It's like but I he could go- still kick all of your asses if I wanted to. But he goes to um, Marine across the ocean and uh, SS, whatever. It is. Yeah, and he is now one of uh, Daenerys's like sworn protectors. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, this is also we have the whole trial, and um, we forgot to mention the character of Shay, who's been 
She's a whore. We don't need to talk about her. She's a whore. <laughs> oh, She's that'll get you a crossbow whore. bolt. <laughs> well, yeah, she was, uh, I knew in like season two or season three that Tyrion, oh, it was right around Blackwater. It was like season one, wasn't it? I, it was early I, on when uh, he hooked Because it was like, fuck me like that's my last day on earth was, you know. When he first hired Shay, he was like, I want you to fuck me like it's my last day on Earth, because it might be. And, uh, yeah, they were an item pretty much after that, but, of course, Tywin warned him that any more whores in his life would be met with swift don't, retribution. Don't bring that whore to court. Yeah. I think was a quote. And uh, he sneaks her in, and she's been there all along, you know, um, and... At the trial, she speaks out against him and said, you know, says that, oh, yes, it was Sansa and Tyrion that plotted Joffrey's death, blah, blah, blah. And then that's when they have the whole trial by combat. But then the Red Viper loses and Tyrion's going to be put to death. But Viserys comes to his rescue and goes to sneak him out. But before he goes... Varys, not Viserys. Ah, thank you. Vasectomy? Yeah, vasectomy. <laughs> Extreme vasectomy. Sneaks him out, and he um, sneaks back up to his father's quarters, which are in he the He sneaks tower. up to the shitta. Well, mm-hmm. well, no, he goes in the bedroom first because he kills Shay. Because oh, yeah. she thinks he's... She thinks he's t- <laughs> oh, man, he chokes her out, too. Yeah. He literally has to choke a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was... I- it, it's Does just a midget have to choke a bitch? Oh fuck yeah! He's <laughs> gonna choke a hoe out. So <laughs> then, as his last party gift to his oh, because he says to 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 his father, I don't remember if he says it in the show, but in the book, um, uh, Tywin Todd talks about you know a whore, and he says if you say that again, I'm going to shoot you, and he does, and he shoots his father with a crossbow right while he's sitting on his shitter. And in the book, they describe that basically they say that he died quickly and he released his bowels and he did or he did not indeed shit gold. <laughs> because that's been the thing that all oh, the, the Lannister, Lannister shit, gold. shit gold. Yeah. Not in this case. No. Yep, they so, go out like Elvis. It's this hey. takes on even a better better dimension as I watch Bill's avatar, which is Bill sitting on the toilet with a toilet seat over his head, clothed. <laughs> yes, clothed. thank God. Yes, I could reenact that scene. No. no. <laughs> Jesus Christ! So Bill had tacos tonight. Taco Bill. I don't know. We'll um, hit up. Maybe we'll hit up the Goldschlager at Eternal Con. Oh God! I've no. only seen it come out the other back up the you know, I've I've regurgitated my Goldschlager, my Goldschlager, and had glitter in the toilet, and I thought it was so neat while I was drunk. I was still drunk. <laughs> That's what fairies puke. They puke. They puke glitter. Goldschlager is made of fairy puke. Yeah, and it sounds like a xylophone when they're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. You should hear him come. <laughs> Off the rails. All right. Yep. <laughs> that sounds like the NBC chimes. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh, and we had another death. We had to say goodbye this season to a Yes. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's let's get let's talk about the watchers on the wall a little bit. Um, it's kind of been tradition now in Game of Thrones that Episode Nine is the big holy fucking shit episode, you know, of the season. Um, and we had the massive battle at the uh, at the wall with the Night's Watch and Mance Raider's army, uh, which included fucking giants and mammoths, and was <laughs> just again for a TV budget just off the frickin' rails. It was, it was Lord was of the really Rings well style. Done. Yeah, I mean, it was just as good. I mean, it was just, oh my god. I mean, just see those mammoths coming out of the forest and, and you know, didn't a giant shoot a giant arrow through somebody at one point? Yeah, giant pen- <laughs> he went clear uh, across the fucking country. Giant yeah. pendulums to clear the people off the wall. Oh, yeah, god, yeah. the wall was just... definitely was no slack as far as having some defenses. That was that was impressive. Yeah, and a nice, you know, arm hanging there. And, the there's just that red spray on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and one arm hanging there. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that was just a great scene and some great character moments, um, especially... I, I really like the interplay between, uh, I forget what his name is, but the, the Lord Commander of uh, Castle Black and Jon Snow, who never liked each other for the whole time they've been together, basically. But there was, you know, some exchanges where they, they at least admitted some mutual respect for each other. This guy, you know, is basically like, you know, teaching Jon Snow, kind of almost passing the torch on how to be a leader. You know, he's like, look, I made some mistakes, but when you're a leader... You know, if you can't admit your mistakes, or the whole thing falls apart, you have to stand by your bad decisions just as much well, as no, your good decisions. Are you talking about Mormont, the no, the Lord Commander? Or are you talking about Thorn? Probably Thorn, because I, the, Thorn's the guy that names me. him Lord Snow. Right, right, right. That was picking on um, um, Sam, like back in season one, call, calling him Lord uh, Sir. What they call him, Sir Piggy, I think. Yeah. Well, he's he's is he he's Lord Commander though. After Mormont dies, no, 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 I don't remember who they vote to be in charge. Well, it doesn't matter. I don't think that's going to last long. <laughs> right. Well, I think he died in that episode. I think didn't I know. He? I think he just disappeared because remember he kind of like slipped back into some like they're going on. It's it's like he kind of I remember him just kind of disappearing back into the shadows like he ran from the fight. I could have sworn they wrapped it up with saying that he died too, though, because I don't think he was around for the whole funeral scene. I don't know. Yeah, I was a little confused by that too. And the other guy who went and hid in, um, you know, hid with Gilly there. Um, I don't think he ended up dying either, but I don't foresee him being around too much longer. I have a feeling uh, Jon Snow is gonna fuck him up eventually. You know, the guy who was all like, "I used to be king, you know, head of the King's Guard," and you know. Well, Jon Snow gets his head bounced off of a freaking like anvil or something during that. Battle. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. Yeah, battling one of the fens, yeah. and that's where, of course, he sees his, his beloved Ygritte too, who is about to shoot him again. But uh, he smiles, and then, like, and then it was it was a little kid that was the one that was raising and lowering the uh, the cage to go to the top of the wall. He shoots her. Poof. Right. Well, that's the same kid that she shot. Killed his, his family. His parents, yeah. 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 So that was just revenge there. I didn't even and, pick uh, up on that. Yeah. Oh, you know, we didn't miss, we didn't talk about any of the wolves. They're awesome. Dire <laughs> wolves? Yeah. No. You, you got Ghost, and well, you had Lady, but she died. That was Sansa's wolf, and 
uh, because oh, man, that was sad. Yeah. Again, oh, and so then don't, well, don't fuck you know, with the we didn't talk, talk about what actually happened to Rob when he was killed because basically they cut his head off and they cut the head off his wolf and sewed his wolf's head onto his corpse and then put his corpse on a horse and rode it around. Which they didn't really focus on too much in the show itself. I mean, they talked about it later, but there was never any real big deal made of that on the then, show. You just had, like, then, one scene of... But then they reenacted it with midgets at Joffrey's wedding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, you know. I, I, I chuckled. Yeah, more stuff to, to make the guests feel welcome, you know. Mm-hmm. Here you go, Sansa. Here's a retelling of your father's death or your brother's death. Yeah, it's fun. <sighs> ah, Joffrey, Joffrey, Joffrey. Fucking Joffrey. Uh, after the Watchers on the Wall, we got, um, well, I mean, there was even more battles in the next episode, and Stannis, Baratheon, and army finally shows up and soundly kicks uh, Mance Raider's army's ass, and uh, that's where Jon Snow is basically like, you know, I'm Ned Stark's bastard, and um, you should listen to these guys beyond the wall, because there's some nasty shit coming. Um... We get to see the end of the Arya and the Hound show, uh, where the Hound and Brianna Tarth, who finally finds Arya, uh, get in an awesome battle. And oh, yeah. One of the best one-on-one battles. Just brutal beyond words. I mean, it starts out with, you know, Brienne playing the Honorable Knight, and, you know, the Hound obviously, he even says, like, I ain't a knight, and punches. He, she ends up hitting him in the balls, and then he cunt punts her. I mean, it's just (laughs) fucking unbelievable. And then shit gets real, and Brienne's like, well, Well, I I can't fight this guy like a knight. It's a realistic fight (laughs) of that sort of nature, you know? And you know what? Not in the book. No? Not at all? Wow. Nope. Nope. Because Arya gets way... uh, He kind of stumbles over and falls, and she... uh, she actually leaves him and you know i mean there's no because i was looking for that in the book and either i just read the book too fast because i burned through the last 400 pages last weekend which just pissed my wife off to no end <laughs> are you gonna do something no, i was up reading all night i'm tired i am doing something i'm reading expanding my mind try to finish this book shut it's up research <laughs> you can waste time with your books when your chores are done Oh, I know. She's get on me about podcasting, too. She's like, you podcasting again? That's like, the th- how many are you going to do this week? You know, we got oh, the do- hobby, woman. Get one of your own. Then you'll be fucking your own bride with a wooden cock. I gave you children. Get off my ass. <laughs> she gave you the children. <laughs> that you I don't planted- even remember how old they are. I planted the seed. No, they're uh, 18, 15, and 13. Oh, well, they're good. They can feed themselves. That's all that matters. That's right. They can feed themselves. I'm no longer needed. <laughs> You've made your donation. You know, wash your hands of it. donation. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the husband Dunsel of the household. Dunsel's right. Hey. Uh, whether it happened in the books or not, the Arya and Hound scene, the last oh, one, yeah, it was basically still, yeah. begging her to kill him is just... Uh, the actress that plays Arya is just fucking bringing it in the fourth season. Yeah, she's pretty and, awesome. And just that stare, you know, it's like, nope, you're going to sit there and suffer, fucker. You're on my list, but I'm not going to be the one to kill you. 
Yeah. Now, I've heard some rumors that maybe there was a maester just around the next rock, and we might actually see the hound again, but I'm kind of hoping they don't go that way. I thought that was kind of the perfect ending to that that whole that whole arc. And uh, I, I just want to say the, B, the Brienne and Podrick show, I want it to be its own series <laughs> right now. I will watch that son of a bitch. Podrick every week. Payne, yeah, he's he was Tyrion's uh, squire through everything, and I didn't I, I didn't catch this in the book, but in the show, they take him to a whor- a whorehouse, yes, and the prostitutes pay him, yeah. and Bronn and Tyrion are just going what? Yeah. <laughs> What are you? What are you he doing? He must have some they... giant blood in him too, apparently, or something. Because <laughs> yeah. they're so they're oh no, yeah, they're yeah, so Podrick. infatuated with him. You know, the only that... person in Westeros that doesn't pay for sex, Podrick. You gotta love it. I am the god of jits and wine. I think I think Brienne could probably break him though. That that'd be a scary pairing right there. But Brienne can break me if she wants. I'm just I'd putting it out there right now. Yeah. Well, she's. She's going to be the next Star Wars movie. Supposedly, she's a Jedi. She yeah, she nice. looks nothing in real life like she does on the show. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, at all armor most of the time on the show. You she's put somebody a... in a suit of armor, and they automatically look a bit different. <laughs> they look yeah. a bit dumpy. Yeah, she. <laughs> I mean, if you just put sh- it's the short hair and the armor, and automatically she's Joan of Arc. You know. Mm-hmm. Hey man, she's still six foot three. All woman. So she's the mountain. <laughs> climbing that mountain. I'd because it's that there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, the interplay, I mean, is mostly in season three, but between her and Jamie was some awesome moments, too. And, you know, the bear and the maiden fair. And, I mean, that's just been a great character from the get go. And, uh, better not fucking kill her, guys. That's all. <laughs> Who knows? But the end of, uh, season four, we also got, uh, well, Arya's free, and she goes and finds herself a ship to Bravos, and flashes her little coin there that Jake and Hagar gave her, and uh, is presumably off to assassin school. Um, and Tyrion has been busted out and thrown in a crate, and is off to wherever with Varys. So, now one thing I don't understand exactly is it was Varys that basically um, blew the whistle on Jorah. But, I mean, he's always been... Because wasn't it Tywin that kind of told him to send his little birds to to Essos and, and tell Danny about uh, Jorah's... You know, he was originally a spy for the crown, basically. And he had gotten a pardon from Robert for, you know, keeping an eye on her. But, yeah, there's so much with Game of Thrones that you just really need to go watch it. Cause, or watch it or read it or... I don't know. I, I would recommend... Well, I mean, I guess I guess watch it first because then you can read it faster. Because, like with Star Trek books, I find that I don't have to really read all the descriptions and details because I know what the freaking Enterprise looks like. Right. It's, you know, I can burn through all the descriptive stuff about the ships and the situation. Just I can get to the meat of the story, which is pretty much how I read the Game of Thrones books. I was just saying, I've, yeah. I've, I know people who've read them first and read them after, and it seems to to hamper the enjoyment of neither the show or the book really at least by anybody I know nobody I've known has been like ah the book sucked now that I know what's going on in the TV yeah. show and vice versa no, I think, I think enough... you get a little advantage reading the books 
first? Well, you did, but I mean, we're five seasons into it, coming up to the fifth season into it, where you can't really get ahead of the that far ahead of the TV show readers with the books. But well, yeah, the, because but, now the TV show is going to pass the books. Yeah, so. the, well, I knew people who were reading the books before the TV show came on, so they were all excited about it, and they were having a riot, you know, with as we were talking about earlier, with the people who didn't know what was coming. So that was so, kind of the advantage, but that ship's kind of sailed these days. Yeah, now they've changed so much, or they're going off in some different directions. You that can't really get like, ahead of the TV show anymore. No, we're all kind of about. on equal ground now, which is kind of cool. I don't care. I'll just bring it on. Yeah, like speculation for season five, guys. I mean, uh, th- apparently a lot of it's Oops. taking place in Dorne, so we're going to see kind of the whole revenge for Prince Oberon thing and the Sand Snakes, who, whatever the hell they are. Apparently they're... Have you gotten that far in the books, Bill? Sand Snakes? Uh, I just started to read the fourth book just like Paul did, and mm-hmm. it's opening up, and most of this book takes place in... It's things that happen mainly in King's Landing and with uh, Dorne, and it's not going to be focusing on... uh, I think it also focuses a little bit on Arya, Um, and then then the next book will go back and focus on Danny and uh, the stuff that happens at the wall and everything. Um, I had peeked ahead in the Wikipedia, so I kind of know what's coming up, Mm -hmm. but... um, yeah, as far as I know, season five is going to be a lot of it's going to be about Dorn. I'm, I'm take, taking a quick look here at. Uh, there will be boobs. There will be Wikipedia. blood and dragons and beasts. Boobs, blood, and beasts. The three bees. Bees. Three bees. Oh, Diana Rick will be back. She won't nice. be. She will. Oh, she better be. Yeah. That's just that is so great to see her again, and, and such a great character. I mean, oh my god, or just got the best lines, and she just delivers them. Every moment with her is just hilarious. Well, just there think. was some things that happened in the third book because the, this season didn't really cover everything that happened in the third book. Um, so I, I think, yeah. So I mean, it. While the first season was exactly matched up with the first book, now it's kind of like this last season was taking stuff from A Feast of Crows, which is book four, like some small things. And then there's things that happen in book three that have not happened yet in the story, but probably will because I'm just reading because some of the casting things and it's talking about... uh, what? Oh, <laughs> it says Charles Dance, whose character died in the previous season, returns to portray Tywin Lannister's corpse. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Consistency. Yeah, yeah I, I suspect the first episode is going to be a big funeral scene. Got to get that out of the way. Um, yeah. So uh, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, the dynamic is definitely going to veer away from King's Landing in a big way. Um, it's said that we're not going to see Hodor or Bran or that whole section at all in season five, which is really depressing. Not so much for Bran, but obviously for Hodor, because <laughs> um, you can't have well, too Hodor's much Hodor. A, Hodor's a DJ. Yeah, yeah, I know. Hodor. He's actually pretty big at it too, yeah. mm-hmm. literally and figuratively. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that ain't paying his bills quite as well as Game of Thrones is, but uh, you never know. Uh, is, not, is, is a DJ. He has embarked on a U.S. tour called Rave of Thrones. 
Oh, no shit. Well, hey, yeah, might as well use it. <laughs> but uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I don't know what happens with Bran in, in the books. Maybe you haven't gotten that far. But, I mean, for them to just put that totally on the back burner for all season is Yeah, I don't know what's happening with Bran. Bran is... They, he's... he's uh, He's dropped off in the books right now too, from where yeah, I'm he's at. He's in he's in mystical warg training with old tree guy, which we have like literally very like no explanation for whatsoever. So hopefully someone's going to give us some exposition on that because I'm completely in the dark about it. He's obviously some kind of nature-ish demigod, and I'm assuming that the you know my speculation is I'm assuming that's going to come down. Uh, there are a lot of gray areas, though, so, I mean, because presumably it's kind of set up that the god of fire that Stannis and Melisandre are following is the good god, and he's going to be battling the evil gods from beyond the wall, but I'm just wondering if they're going to do a major switch around on that somehow, and that the, the White Walkers are actually the force of good somehow. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you know, for the good god, you know... He demands like blood sacrifices and stuff. So, are we? Is this really a beneficent deity that we should be worshiping? I have no clue. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just gonna now, let it just let it happen. In the, I don't remember when um, Jon Snow was with when he was with Mance Raider there on the other side of the wall at the end of season four. Did they? Did Mance have a big horn in his tent? Because in the book he's got a horn, and the supposedly when you blow this horn. It'll it'll shatter the wall. It'll bring down the wall, but it'll also oh. because supposedly there, there's a like a magical enchantment in the wall that keeps the the undead on that side of the wall. So that's another oh. reason why uh, in, in the book at least Jon Snow goes to meet with him, sees that he has the. Actually, they send Jon Snow out. They kind of put him between a rock and a hard place. After the battle is won on the wall and and. Egret dies. Uh-huh. They basically say, "Well, he used a turncoat. He broke his vows. He slept with a woman." I was like, "Yeah, you guys all sneak down to town and sleep with women all the time." So, right. but it, it, it's it's Thorn and another character that was sent from King's Landing. Who he was in the show too. Uh, something Slint, I think, was his name. Lord something sort of Slint and the mercenary. He, um, not sure. The mercenary. The one that. Uh... The Bolton send, uh, not the Boltons. No, 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 not that guy. I know the guy that you're talking. T- t- uh, no, because that guy gets killed out at Craster's Keep, I think, doesn't he? Right. Yeah. With yeah. Uh, the other guys. Um. Um. Ah, where was I? Well, in the book, they basically say, uh, <laughs> you know, if you have any, you know, you need to go kill Mance Raider to prove that you're still a crow. Right. So he he goes out there, and when he goes in there. Mance's wife is ready to give birth, and he sees the horn, and he's and, and he realizes that they have the horn. If he kills Mance, they're going to blow the horn and shatter the wall. Huh. But I just I, wonder why. No, they haven't. I don't think they've touched on that right at all. Right as they're because... doing that, Stannis comes in, just like he does at the end of the season. So Stannis right. and his and and, and his uh, men come in and they surround Mance. So that's that's kind of. That's like some of the little extra stuff that happens there. I don't know if they'd want to go there in the show because that's kind of like a ring of power type, you know, mm-hmm. thing that this one magical artifact that can cause that much damage, I think, would. Well, because that's one of the things, like, the whole reason that 
Mance had been gathering all the people was because one they they were they were searching for the horn. They were digging up graves because it was legend was it was supposed to be buried in a grave. So they actually find it, and that's another reason that they're coming to the wall is, and they had done the attacks to test where they were, because they could easily overwhelm them. They were just like, you know, prodding here, prodding there, and they were uh-huh. getting ready to do one big attack and you know with the horn and everything and so there's other stuff that comes about with Stannis and what he agrees and does not agree to do and to make a deal with the wildlings because Stannis is there to fight the evil that's beyond the wall so he doesn't really care about the wildlings if they'll man up with him you know because he finally decides that the only way he's going to he has to save the kingdom before he can try to rule the kingdom Right, and that maybe he can win over the populace by defeating that. You know, so he, he's not fully. He's kind of selfless, but he's also he's like you know they don't love me. So, and if I don't do this, or from what he's seen in the fire, because in the book he, he can also look in the fire like uh, Melisandre can, and mm-hmm. you know he sees that he has to go and fight in the snow uh, to fight the evil. So yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I don't want to spoil too much. It almost seems, I mean, maybe another stupid person in Westeros is Stannis, because it seems like Melisandre kind of veered off of her original path. You know, it was all about Stannis has got to be king, we've got to attack King's Landing. And all of a sudden she does the kind of turn around and be like, oh no, wait a minute, all the shit from the north is much, much worse. We've got to take care of that first. But Well, she seems um, to know everything and have, you know precognition a, a sight to know what's going on um so also a uh, very telling scene in season four though is when she was talking to after right getting out of the bathtub too i might add more mm. nude melisandre always a good thing um was talking to uh stannis's wife and basically admits it's like you know a lot of my magic is bullshit you know and it's just yes. to get people to believe what i need them to believe you know, do some fancy special effects tricks and, you know, potions and stuff. And uh, I just wonder if how much that's going to play into it, if how much of her game is, is bullshit and how much of it is real real power. And, and, well, and, something did crawl out of her vagina, so... Well, yeah, she's obviously got something going on there, but... She had a um, shadow come out of her JJ. <laughs> yes. That but, is uh, impressive, most impressive. But, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, because Davos Seaworth he kind of proves that she's not all knowing because he sneaks away. Um, um, Edric storm, who's the other bastard son that they had mm-hmm. been keeping at the, um, at, uh, what is that? Dragonstone. That's a castle where, uh, like the castle on the, um, on the water there that has yeah, a really it's... cool table. That is the, is the complete table is carved to be a represent a representation of Westeros. Uh-huh. Like, that'd be a pretty cool table to have. Oh yeah, I, I want a table that's a complete representation of Port Ritchie. <laughs> oh, and calling it right now a little speculation—they're going to burn uh, Stannis's daughter, aren't they? I mean, that, that's kind of got to be how that's that's leading to that the the God's going to demand her sacrifice. Yeah, because they keep making a point of you know how heretical she is, and oh, but she's got to come on this trip to the north. So there's going to be a big burning scene in the next season. I'm Man. my prediction, well, and I think Stannis is has, is going to have to give up his daughter for the greater good or something like that. Yeah. 
Well, I think we've kind of beat this beat this in the ground and just we're rambling. And we haven't even covered the scratch the surface. Yeah, no, there's just so it's, much. There's so much. Maybe we'll do an ongoing podcast one of these days. I um, believe there's a Telltale game as well. Uh, there's yeah. other, I'm sure there's other media, but we're not even going to talk about that. That's just too much. Yeah, I'm sure it's all over the place. I know there's comic books of it. Mm-hmm. Well, no consoles. We'll do our little uh, fantasy war game episode and mod episode. And I've played a bunch of Game of Thrones mods on a few games. And um, there's some good stuff out there. But obviously a very influential TV show. And I'm hooked. And uh, oh, yeah. I can't wait. I mean, it basically starts again this weekend, right? So I have two days uh, to edit this. Next weekend, right? Next weekend? Okay. The 12th, so. I think. Oh, all right, cool. So I've got a little time. Yeah. But uh, we will get it out post-taste. And uh, I need you, Dr. Bill, to arrange another podcast for us for about the middle of April, if you can do it. Yeah, yep. figure out what he's, we're going to do next. I haven't He's really... busy. He's got a honey-do list. Well, yeah, I well. have that going on. Plus, I'm on call next week. So I'll be, in, I'll be in my forced isolation. <laughs> Your hyperbolic chamber. Just figure out sometime you can give me a couple hours, man. I have to go find a small male child to. Uh, is it more like? Towards. I was just gonna say, is it more like Michael Jackson's chamber or Darth Vader's? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good place to go out on. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, all right. This has been the podcast of Five Kings, now down to four because uh, we lost. You know, Mistress Pitaro got married. But it's uh, actually only three if you if you put Honeywell and, and I together. We're only like one person, right? We're little. True. We're massive. Yeah, but massive. but we but we're but we're pretty big, so we make up the difference. Okay. So it's like the eight kings then. It's two master blasters <laughs> against two hordors. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh God! If the four of us ever had to do chicken fights against each other, that'd be horrible. <laughs> <It'd> be bloodbath. <laughs> I may just do a sung intro for this whole thing. Dr. Bill's Star Trek inspired me. Wow, we could have like the whole Game of Thrones opening, but it would be like across the United States and it would like fly up to New York and go over to Boston, come down to Florida, to Orlando, you know. It would go to worse. Where Scott's at, and it would be Disney would pop up and everything, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it would come yeah, up where I live, and there'd be a bunch of old people dying. <laughs> you gotta come up with a good photo. Then we could go, go across to, to where Andy's at. Yeah, we're, defi- we're yeah. definitely up by the wall, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the wall yeah, to no Canada. <laughs> you gotta keep All right, any preferences on your uh, Photoshop princess, uh, guys? I don't want to I'm be a princess. Of... You made me a no. Scarlet Witch. <laughs> I will be content with putting me on just about anything. I'm, I want to be. Yeah. I want to be Thundercunt Cersei. I always look <laughs> You're a clever man, but you're not half as clever as you think you are. Mm. Still makes me more clever than you. Not knowing what's going to be on the Photoshop of me, you know, for once, <laughs> you know. So I will surprise you all. <laughs> all right. All right, gents. I think that went well. It was fun. Oh, I'll be cursing us all once I start editing this, but I think it went well. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be good. A little clip here yeah. and there, you'll be fine. Oh snip, yeah, snip snip.
Just snip, snip. That's what. That's what. I'm just that, gonna do. That's what Theon said. Little, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when the slavers castrate the boys, did they take all of it? All of it. The. The pillar and the stone. I have called you all here today at the behest of Don DiManzo to discuss the expansion of our Jersey territory. Our Don has seen an opportunity to move into Atlantic City at an event called AC Boardwalk Con, which will be happening May 14th through the 17th, 2015. Don DiManzo has asked that some of our made men attend this convention and convince the locals to try two true freaks. Joining me, Gene Hendricks, on this trip will be my Quantum Cast cohort, Jeff Fishman. Chris Tyler, the hair metal hero, will be representing the Boston arm of the family, while Scott McGregor will be representing the New York branch. Our capo, Chris Honeywell, will also be there to provide some added persuasion. Your Don has asked that any of his loyal friends in the area come and pay their respects to this new endeavor. He reminds you that all the information on the event can be found at doacbc.com. That's doacbc.com. Come help us make Atlantic City an offer they can't refuse. Now, go drink until it feels like you did the right thing.
If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O. T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com. 2TrueFreaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. Dumbass. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.